23 hybrid in-person and virtual meeting of the San Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Ben Blyman, and I am the Commission President. We'll start with announcements. Uh, we would like to start the meeting with a land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Entertainment Commission, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in the traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall Room 416, broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view on Zoom or listen to by calling 1-669-900-6833 using meeting ID 828-1011-7026. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for a public, general public comment at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion and action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by I know why the phone's ringing. Um, public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table or podium. Come up to the podium during public comment, state your name, any affiliations, and then your comment. You will have three minutes. Once finished, please hand your speaker card to the commission staff, that's me, behind the podium. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raised hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you are asking to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you're also viewing the meeting at SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and Media Services for sharing this meeting with the public. Commission Secretary, let's do a roll call. President Blyman? Here. Vice President Camino? Here. Commissioner Falzon? Here. Commissioner Perez? Here. Commissioner Thomas? Here. Commissioner Torres? Is not yet here. And Commissioner Wong? Here. All right, the next agenda item is number two, general public comment. And uh, we'll ask if there's any comments on items not listed on the agenda. And I just want to remind everyone sure. that we have three minutes to speak. And when that time is over, we ask that you politely cede the rest of the time and sit down. Thank you. Got a nervous rush about it. One second, let me just put your timer on. Right, the clock is only at one minute in. All right, go ahead. Which camera? Ooh. Just go ahead and speak, it'll point to you. There you go. Can't see my sign. Hi, uh, my name is Michael Petralis, and I'm here to talk about uh, the Castro Theater. Um, as, excuse me. 
Can you stop the clock, please? I didn't know you started. Please stop the clock and, and restart. I'm sorry. It's because of technical difficulty, I would like to have my 26 minutes back, please, so I can start professionally. You have three minutes. I, will, uh, I, I will would like to it. appeal that. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Michael Petrellis. I'm here to speak about the Castro Theater. I'm holding up a sign that reads, Save the Seats, and it refers to the interior integrity of this 100-year theater. I'm here to basically demand that this commission schedule a hearing about the impact on nightlife, on um, all the businesses, cafes in the Castro Theater, excuse me, in the Castro Corridor for the past 13 months. Another Planet Entertainment has um, been managing, or mismanaging in my opinion, the Castro Theater for 13 months. It's having a terrible impact on nightlife, among other um, important components to business and entertainment in the city, uh, in the Castro. I've looked at your minutes from the past 13 months. I cannot find evidence that you have yet discussed the Castro Theater. Um, in relation to this um, iconic theater, um, the news came out yesterday that CGV Cinemas, 14 screens on Van Ness Avenue are closing at the end of this month. Related, I'm saying this commission, this entertainment commission, has to have a hearing about the threat to our remaining theaters. What was the impact of the CGV cinemas on entertainment in uh, the Van Ness Corridor? Also, what's the impact going to be when it closes? Um, uh, this all comes back to the purpose of this commission is to look at entertainment and how it is a driving economic and cultural force in this city. We are not going to see an end to the controversy about the Castro Theater. So um, uh, I'm asking you to make up for lost time and put it on your agenda to discuss what will be the economic impact of another planet if they get their way with the Castro Theater. I'd like for you to call Greg Perloff and other executives from another planet before this commission and say, why? After 13 months, has another planet failed to produce an economic impact report for what may happen if they get their way to rip out the seats at the Castro Theater. Really, there are so many angles that this commission needs to look at related to the Castro Theater, the closure of CGV at the end of the month, and our remaining theaters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there any further public comment for items that are not listed on tonight's agenda? Uh, there does not seem to be any more items. All right, then we're going to close general public comment and move on to item number three, which is approval of minutes for the February 7, 2023 commission meeting. Do we have a motion to approve these minutes? So moved. Second. All right, is there any public comment on our minutes? Yes. 
This has to do with the minutes from the last it meeting? It has to specifically... I can't hear you. This has to do with the minutes from the last meeting that Correct, we had? Correct, the draft minutes. All right, go ahead. Your start, ti your start time now. Hi. Uh, Michael Petrellis again. Um, regarding your draft minutes, um, they're, they're not giving the full picture. Um, for item three... Um, it says that I made comments regarding Commissioner Torres's involvement with the Castro Cultural District and the Castro Theater. Um, I was highly critical of this commissioner. You uh, need to um, revise these minutes to reflect what I said, which was criticism. Right now, if someone comes along and reads these minutes, they don't get a sense at all about what I was saying. You, you, you've um, neutered my comments. It's not reflecting reality. Go back and look at what I said during general public comment, which had to do with, uh, hello, SFGovTV, I want to show on the overhead camera, please. Um, I wanted to show a video, but we had technical trouble, of a rally that was held on January 28th. Here's a still photo. That's me in a rainbow hat there with a sign that says, Save the Seats at the Castro Theater. And you can see hundreds of people are coming out of a sold-out screening. I wanted to show you this video um, because... So, Michael, I'm really sorry, but this is this doesn't have to I'm do with the minutes. I, I want to. Uh, this does have to do with the minutes. Please do not take my time. Now, regarding what I showed you, it was a um, letter from the commissioner where he was opposing this important rally on the 28th. You did not reflect in the minutes. What I showed you, what I was talking about, and it needs to be in your minutes to reflect reality. Now, SFGovTV, you can come back to me. Back to page four, I believe, of your draft minutes. Um, my surname was misspelled. Y you know... Um, <laughs> Being a child of um, uh, Greek immigrants, um, I've had my name misspelled quite a bit throughout my life. And um, I would like for you to additionally revise these minutes uh, to correctly spell my name. Thank you. And please don't interrupt. I was addressing the draft minutes. Excuse me, context. sir. Your time my is time up. is still running. You really need to respect the public when we're speaking, please. Thank you. And let's save the Castro Theater. Thank you. Do we have a motion or do we want to discuss the minutes? Or is there more public comment on this agenda item first? Uh, there seems to be a public comment on the Zoom. One second. Um, hello. Uh, hello. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to follow the proceedings, but there's no video. Is that is that the case usually for for meetings? Is it possible to to see the video, or is that not the case? There should be video. Um, let me work on that. Thank you for uh, letting us know. Entertainment commission. Yeah. One second. Thank you.
As we work on getting video on Zoom, I just want to note for the record that this is being broadcast live on SFGov TV, both online and on uh, TV. So um, there are ways to watch this live as we work through uh, some technical difficulties. I'm going to check in with SFGov TV. Um, we can probably proceed, but I'll, I'll see what's going on over there. Thanks. Was that it for public comment? Was, was that the caller's comment, or was that Yeah, a... I think that was it. There's no other comments. And then I would move to approve the meeting minutes. Somebody seconded it. Yes, so Commissioner Wong moved, and uh, Commissioner Thomas seconded. We just need to vote now. Okay. <clears throat> Ready? All right. President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. And just right. for the record, Commissioner Torres uh, arrived during the general public comment. Thank you. Thank you very much. The meetings and minutes have been approved. The next agenda item is number four, which is a report from our Executive Director Wyland. Thank you, President Blyman. I also just want to note that I just received a message from SFGov TV um, downstairs saying the video should be showing um, on the Zoom meeting right now. So hopefully that's working for callers who are participating in Zoom, but just a reminder that you can go online and watch <coughs> us live. Um, all right, good evening. So um, tonight I have some updates for you on new legislation and policies that impact entertainment and nightlife, both at the state and local level. So you'll see in your folder the legislation and other reference materials for each of these items, but I do wanna go through some of these briefly now. Um, and then just note for all of you that uh, Ben Van Houten will be attending our next hearing and providing a presentation that I will be joining him on uh, in further detail on some of these. So uh, on February 1st, Assemblymember Haney introduced a bill that would allow local jurisdictions to decide if they want to authorize cannabis consumption lounges to one, provide non-cannabis infused food and beverages for consumption on site, and two, al allow and sell tickets for live music and other performances. In other words, this would create a pathway for a cannabis retailer to add a restaurant, cafe, or a venue to their cannabis operation. Alcohol may still not be sold or served at the same premises where cannabis sales or consumption are taking place at this time. If this bill passes and if the city authorizes it, it would create additional revenue streams uh, for our small businesses and increase economic activity in our neighborhoods. And it would also expand the number of social spaces in our city, adding more infrastructure to our entertainment and nightlife sector. Another update for you all this evening is that on February 9th, as some of you were in attendance or watched live, uh, the mayor uh, gave her state of the city address. And during that time, she introduced a comprehensive plan to revitalize the downtown core of San Francisco as a part of a critical long-term economic recovery strategy. Uh, so this is a strategy that both Ben Van Houten and I worked uh, closely on with the mayor's office along with other entertainment commission and OEWD staff. Uh, and we're plugging into this thing we're calling the Roadmap for Downtown uh, San Francisco's Future. Uh, 
So this plan essentially sets forth nine strategies uh, and nearly 50 initiatives under those strategies that will make up the foundation for this work. One of the strategies supports and builds upon our entertainment and nightlife sector as key economic drivers. This strategy is transformed downtown into a leading arts, culture, and nightlife destination. There are several initiatives um, as part of this strategy, but I'm gonna highlight a few of them uh, that the Entertainment Commission is vowing to support. Uh, this includes designating an ACE zone or an arts, culture, and entertainment zone with targeted city programs and incentives to that area to try to foster new arts and culture establishments. Also supporting events and activations in public spaces that showcase local talent. Um, so we will be keeping you all apprised of that work, um, especially at our next hearing. <clears throat> all right, a little bit more for you. At the state level, again, um, actually, sorry, at the local level, on February 14th, the Board of Supervisors approved legislation that expands and lowers barriers for nighttime entertainment in SOMA. So this was sponsored by Supervisor Dorsey, and the bill allows the uses uh, for principally permitted activities in a few corridors. Uh, this includes Folsom Street between 7th and Division, and 11th Street between Howard and Division. The bill is currently with the mayor for a final signature. If enacted, the legislation will encourage more entertainment businesses to open uh, in our downtown district, which is great. <clears throat> um, I think that is all I have for this evening. Do you have any questions? When they say downtown, is it defined by certain streets? Um, it's actually a very large area, so we're trying to further refine that now. So it could uh, technically expand from uh, Chase Center all the way down to Chinatown. And then from like Venice all the way to Embarcadero, kind of? Yep. Which is very broad, so we're trying to look at the narrow areas within that. Do you have any idea how high up they're going to go like towards Knob Hill or um, direction kind of been kicked around? I'm not a lot going on around there. That's why. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but we will be updating you soon. Great. Uh, just a comment to uh, express uh, uh, happiness with the um, with the South Market change of use, and uh, I think it's really important for a lot of the legacy businesses that are in that district and the uh, cultural districts that are there as well. Yeah, I just want to echo that. I've been <clears throat> a small part in all three of these, mostly on the Cannabis Cafe legislation. I just want to correct the record. You didn't say anything wrong, but currently existing lounges are only allowed to serve prepackaged food and prepackaged beverages. That's the only thing they're allowed to sell outside of cannabis products, which means you basically have to sell like Lunchables to people or like wrapped sandwiches from like somewhere um so this would just allow lounges to expand what they can sell in order to create a more uh comfortable environment and especially to give lounges um uh a lifeline economic lifeline the uh, cannabis world is very difficult right now and we created a program for equity that would allow people who came from communities that were destroyed by the war on drugs to then have fast track or get first dibs on new dispensaries with a promise of a future 
for them. And what has actually happened is that the dispensaries are almost economically unfeasible. And furthermore, you are not allowed to declare bankruptcy. Um, so if you do go under, you have federal taxes follow you for the rest of your life. There's no way to get out from under them. So we've actually flipped it on its head and, and some um, individuals who are were dreaming of a better future now could be facing the exact opposite, which is really sad. So this is a key just way to create revenues with lounges. And then from our perspective, you know, in order to the ability to have live music and other offerings in there will just make these area, these things cooler and more desirable. So um, I, the Folsom Street thing, I just wanted to point out that, you know, nobody seems to realize this, but something like 30 to 40% of our city, just having a jazz band is illegal forever. You just cannot even have a license to have a, a jazz band in there. And ironically, the heart of the leather district, the Folsom, which is one of the greatest parties that the world has ever known is it's actually forbidden to have licenses and a lot of it which just baffles the mind um and so you know the idea that supervisor dorsey is willing to open up these areas is key but there's plenty plenty more that around the city where you just you can't even have you can't employ a, a local musician to play um you know to plug in and play ever which is just crazy to me and then finally i just want to point out on the downtown thing is that the downtown idea brings up a lot of strong feelings with people because I think sometimes it's perceived as a place that already had a lot and now is getting more resources. Um, but I, I just want to reiterate how important it is to everyone in the city. It's kind of the engine that drives our economy. I forget the number, but it's something like 35 cents of every dollar the city takes in comes directly from real estate assessments downtown. And if they're suffering, things like public schools, public safety, all these amazing programs that we fund in the city are, are at jeopardy. So I'm all for activating entertainment down there in the interim and long term while we try to maybe build some more housing down there eventually, if we can. So um, I commend the work. I appreciate it. I'm uh, excited to be a part of it. So thank you. President Blyman. I just want to follow up because you've got my curiosity regarding the prepackaged food at Canvas. Yeah. Are you like allowed to heat it or plate it? Or are you literally- No, it just has plastic to be wrapped. plastic wrapped. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could have a microwave and they can open it. I'm just worrying how nuanced- You could sell oh, Hot Pockets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Hormel Instant Meals. Peanut butter and jelly loaf. Disgusting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, this had just opened it up a little bit, but it's got not it. a drastic change in both. No. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Is there any public comment on this agenda item? No, no public comment. All right, we'll close public comment and we can move on to uh, number five, which is a report from the disembodied voice of Deputy Director Azevedo. Good evening, commissioners. Are you able to hear me? There she is. Yeah, yep. On okay, cue. great. Um, so I couldn't be there in person with you all tonight, um, but I do have a little update for you for enforcement. We've received 29 311 complaints since our last hearing. Um, I'll just give you a quick overview of one update regarding Club Wazima. So you may remember that I mentioned Club Wazima over at 543 Divisadero during an enforcement update last fall. The neighbors who have lived behind the legacy business for over 14 years reached out to our office because they were experiencing disruptive levels of bass inside their home. At that time, we learned that their POE permit did not have a sound limit because it had been issued in 2004. 
Our inspectors set an interior limit in accordance with Municipal Police Code Article 29, and during their assessment, they were invited into the neighbor's home to hear firsthand what the residents were experiencing. Inspectors Fiorentino and Zavrina both observed that the pervasive low-end frequencies penetrating the residential unit, um, they believe the vibrations were traveling through the building's foundation or structure into the neighboring unit, which is actually separated by a five foot or so alleyway. So while this is somewhat unusual, it just goes to show how sound waves travel in very unique ways. And while the permit holder has been monitoring their sound levels through an app on their phone, we have recently seen an uptick in complaints. On Friday, February 10th, an inspector responded to a 311 complaint at 10.30 p.m. And upon taking a sound measurement, he found the business to be operating 7.2 dBC above their allowable C-weighted limit. He worked with the owner to bring the volume into compliance by eliminating a base from a subwoofer. At 1.30, our inspector went back to Club Wazima as we'd received two more sound complaints. And when he arrived, he heard heavy bass presence again. Another sound measurement showed them operating at 7.7 dBC above their allowable limit. So he again worked with the owner to bring the volume into compliant levels. We did issue a notice of violation for exceeding their allowable limits that night. And then the following week, the neighbors contacted me to discuss their recent concerns, highlighting that they are very supportive of Club Wazima and want to see the business succeed, but are also desperate to not hear bass in their home anymore. So I then spoke with the owner, uh, G'day, and his attorney, Mark Rennie, about the NOV and uh, the call I had with the neighbors. I learned that G'day had just installed a new sound system in the venue and that they too want to be a good neighbor and not cause disruption in anyone's home. We did receive two complaints about the business on Friday night and one complaint um, on Saturday this past weekend. Due to our staffing, we were unable to respond on Friday, but an inspector did respond in real time on Saturday. And the initial sound measurement showed the volume to be above their allowable limit due to the DJ singing happy birthday to someone, but then the next song showed compliant levels. So the plan moving forward is to have senior inspectors of Rena retest their sound limit now that they have a new sound system and also discuss options for relocating their speakers. Um, another suggestion has been to utilize a limiter so the DJ can't exceed their approved sound limit, which the owner is open to doing. So I will, I'm gonna continue working with both parties um, and I'll keep you all apprised of the situation. If you have any questions about the report, please let me know. Um, just that, you know, I, I see. Uh, uh, thank you for the report. I'm I'm glad to hear that there's a resolution that's trying to be had with Cl Club Wazima, and then I just look at the enforcement report at large and see, you know, Wazima, Bisa Baobab, um, SF Mix, and um, you know, I just it concerns me that we have these longtime San Francisco businesses that cater to vulnerable communities, especially communities of color, and I just notice that they have a lot of um, complaints filed towards them. So something to know, I don't know what we can do about that. I think we've been working really hard to advocate for those businesses for several months at this point, and our actions have been incredibly educational as opposed to going an enforcement route. Yeah. Um, and every chance that we get, we involve community. So in terms of Club Wazima, we're working on setting up a meeting with the district supervisor and also working to try to provide resources from OEWD. Um, you weren't here at this time, but just prior to COVID, 
uh, OEWD with leadership from Ben Van Houten, uh, we're putting together a grant program to provide funds for soundproofing. So this is like a perfect candidate for that because that's a really old business um, and we're aware of its history and love it and we wanna see them succeed. We think they just need some money to make improvements. And I, I just want to note that I, uh, appreciation for uh, Entertainment Commission staff, especially in regards to some of the other venues that I've listed, just in terms of that support and helping make sure that we keep them open and running and part of our community. I had a question here about Gestalt. I know at the last meeting, or was it the meeting prior to that, we had just revisited the conditions and put on some additional restrictions, and it looks like they're, again, um, self-admitting noncompliance here, and um, just wanted to ask staff what was the next step in terms of having them come back. Can, Happy to yeah. answer that question, Commissioner Wong. So we did get a complaint about Gestalt mm -hmm. um, on a night when they should not have had entertainment due to the recent reconditioning from the commission that occurred on December 20th, 2022. Um, our inspector, we didn't have an inspector in the field the night that the complaint came in because it was uh, technically Monday morning, so late last Sunday. Um, so we went this past Saturday night and I don't know if you remember, but the person who spoke on behalf of Gestalt at the hearing in December was saying that he was going to become the new owner of the business. And that is who our inspector spoke with on Saturday during their visit in person. And he said that at the time of the complaint last weekend, it was um, the owner who was working and it was likely a violation that had occurred, but we were not able to observe that in real time. So we're at a place right now where um, we haven't observed a violation and this is the first complaint that we have received since you all reconditioned their permit. So we plan to just continue monitoring 311 and revisiting the, the business. Okay, got it. All right, is there any public comment on this agenda item? There are no public comments for this item. All right, we'll close public comment and we can move on to number six, which is hearing and possible action regarding applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. I believe Deputy Director will be introducing the consent calendar. Thanks, President Blyman. We have just one limited live performance permit application for indoor entertainment on consent tonight. Um, I'll note that the business is currently undergoing an occupancy change and are working to obtain their assembly permit. So if approved tonight, the business may utilize the LLP permit so long as they do not exceed a 49 person capacity until their assembly permit is issued. Uh, there was no opposition for the permit and Tenderloin Station did not have any added conditions. So staff recommendation is for the commission to vote to approve the consent agenda with the staff recommendations below. All right, let's open to public comment first on this so we stay consistent. Is there any public comment on the consent agenda specifically? There are no public comments for this item. Okay, then we will close public comment. Is there a motion? So moved. Seconded. All right, we can vote. President Blyman? Aye. 
Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Torres. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. All right, the consent agenda has been approved and we can move on to the uh, regular agenda of applications. Great, the first permit on the regular agenda this evening is for the Corner Store Bites and Vibes. This is a Korean restaurant that serves quick service food, beer, wine, and soju cocktails located at 4516 Mission Street. They are seeking the LLP permit to host indoor karaoke and DJs. Additionally, they are see, uh, seeking the ability to host outdoor amplified sound between the hours of 4 p.m. through 10 p.m. Um, through a small fixed speaker on the outside of the building. At the moment, the business does not have a parklet, but they are interested in pursuing this as an option down the road. For now, they've utilized the outdoor speaker as a way to invite patrons into the business. The business has conducted extensive outreach by sending, sending out 60 letters to their surrounding residential and commercial neighbors. And of the 60 letters, 49 were to residences and the 11 others were to commercial businesses. There was no opposition for the permit and Ingleside Station did not have any added conditions. Um, here to speak with you this evening is Ina Lee. Thank you so much for allowing us this opportunity tonight. So I am Aina Lee, and this is my brother, Hyomin Lee. He is the owner of Huaro Group, Inc., the corner store Bites and Vibes. Um, I'm a secretary and VP working with my brother. Also, we are restaurateurs who own and operate five different brands. So our mission is to spread the Korean culture and delicious cuisine to people of San Francisco. So our business name is The Corner Store Bites and Vibes with the Korea K. Um, and we offer delicious Korean drinking food called Anju and soju drinks paired with amazing music that will uplift your energy. So our goal is to take you to the Seoul, Korea, the moment that you walk in. Um, we would love to offer live music from local DJs and karaoke nights that will bring the Excelsior and our mission community together. We had previously run one of our restaurants at the same location since 2016 up until pandemic. And from that time, we were already connected with a lot of um, neighboring businesses and residents. So our neighbors expressed excitement that we are bringing back this new and fun concept to the neighborhood. Um, as Caitlin explained, we reached out to neighbors uh, with mails and also spoke in person, business owners and staff members, talking about who we are and what our plan is. Um, so the lastly, I want to mention that the Mission Street corridor in the Excelsior is over 2.2 miles long and about 550 businesses. Currently, there are only four LLPs, and adding the corner store will increase the vibrancy and nightlife for the corridor and the residents alike. Thank you so much. Uh, if you can stay here, we may have questions. We may not. I do. Please. Uh, did you say you had five other businesses? Yes. This is a great opportunity to plug them all. Where are they at? For all of our many millions of listeners, <laughs> yeah. this Amazing. is all free, free, free marketing for you. Awesome. But I am curious. So we've 
specialized fast casual. So we do have a commissary kitchen that we prepare uh, back in the kitchen for my mom and my brother, my, my dad working on creating this beautiful Korean food. And we um, serve those food in downtown San Francisco, mainly financial district. One is on one market and the other one is the market at the Twitter building and one also in close to Chinatown. And also we do have on Valencia 18th Street and this will be our fifth. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, your business model is exactly what we try to promote. Thank so you. That's very good. Yeah. Um, what is your sense of how downtown's recovering since you're there? Uh, it's still suffering because not everybody has come back, even though you see a lot of people on the streets and a lot of cars. It doesn't really mean that they're 100% back because I see it. They have option to come back like one day of a week or two or three days. And uh, it was a shorter hours of working. So, however, since this year, New Year's, we see a lot more growth, like at least 20 percent more. Nice. So, compared to pre-pandemic, it's about seventy percent. I can say are back. Great. Yeah. Thank you for that. Congratulations. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for coming in. Thank Did you say your business is going to be in Excelsior? Yes, on Mission and Santa Rosa. Okay, because I live in the Excelsior. I'm by over yes. there by Geneva and Mission. So yes, I'm looking forward. Plus the to Ocean it. Avenue and Mission Street. Right. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, how was your community outreach? Uh, were you able to talk to your neighbors and the residents? Yes. Yes. Um, but we had a lot of people already known about us because we were there offering Korean food since 2016. However, this time we sent out mail with the letter and the GNP for 100 feet radius. And also there are 11 uh, business owners around us that we specifically meet in person and spoke uh, but but 11, only 6 out of 11, because when we were there, 5 were closed, so we just put under the door. But we are pretty familiar with everybody around. So if there's anything, that we're always there to answer any questions and yeah, communicate. Yeah. In addition to the other uh, businesses, were you able to talk to neighbors too, the residents? Yes, because we do have a public posters, so people come in and just ask questions. Hey, what's going on? Oh my God, I'm so excited that you guys are coming back and all those kind of comments. Okay. So that way, because our door was open, we we're doing some construction, like you know, painting and stuff like the minor, then people are so curious about, that. I think the main thing is a poster. They see it, oh my God, what's going on? And try to talk to us and that was a good gesture, yeah. I lived in that district for about 40 years now. I don't think there's a Korean place there, right? In the uh, neighborhood. No. Yeah, so you'll be the, the first one. Yes. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. the place. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. You can so have a seat. Um, before we discuss, let's see if there's any public comment on this agenda item. Is there any public comment? Uh, there are no comments on this item. Okay, we can close public comment and either discuss or entertain motions. I move approval with the staff recommendations. I'll second. All right, we can vote. <laughs> President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Comino? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. Congratulations. You've been approved. Uh, you can just follow up with our staff at your earliest convenience for next steps. Thank you.
All right. And I believe, nope, there's one more. Deputy Director Azevedo. Great, okie doke. The final permit on our regular agenda this evening is actually for our very first jam to BAM permit transition. So the reason that they were on that they are on regular agenda and not consent is due to some neighbor opposition, which I'll discuss in just a moment. So the application before you tonight is for an LLP permit amendment to include outdoor amplified sound on the rear patio of Finnegan's Wake, located at 937 Cole Street. This location has been a bar for over 50 years, and the current ownership has had Finnegan's for over 30 years. They've held an LLP permit for indoor entertainment since April 2017 and a jam permit for outdoor amplified sound since April 2021, but the patio has been in use for decades. Under the jam permit, the business was allowed to host outdoor entertainment and amplified sound daily between 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. During this time, we received three 311 complaints, but inspectors were never able to substantiate them as the business was found to be in compliance during each visit. Tonight's amendment request is to formalize the outdoor activity permitted under the jam, but only for outdoor amplified sound between 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. This does not include outdoor entertainment. So if approved, the business will continue to use their outdoor TVs during sporting events, along with amplified speech for certain events, such as memorial services. The business conducted outreach by passing out 75 letters to their neighboring businesses and residential units, notifying them of the permit amendment and posted their outreach letter in the front window of the business for the public to see. Additionally, they collected 57 signatures of support and I received 13 different letters of support. I also received eight letters of opposition from residential neighbors, which are included in your file, um, noting that actually I received one of those today. So seven are in your file and there's an additional one that I received today. You will see that the opposition was about the disruption of the outdoor amplified sound and how it may cause residences um, disruption in their home. And many stated that they believe Finnegan's has ample indoor space to accommodate their customers. So of the um, eight letters of opposition, only one person had follow-up questions for me. I've attached that correspondence in the file for you as well. SFPD Park Station did not have anything, uh, they actually didn't respond, so they did not have any added conditions. And here to speak with you tonight are owners Tom Frankel and Dan Surratt. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, my name is Dan Surratt, and I own Finnegan's Wake, along with uh, Tom Frankel, who's here as well, who's the original owner from 76. And so uh, we're before you to uh, formalize our backyard, uh, I guess, live performance area. It's not really much of a performance area, more of just amplified sound from TVs and speeches for the uh, unfortunate memorials that we happen to have at Finnegan's Wake over the years. Um, I thought, Tom, maybe you could give a little history about the bar and about the use of the backyard. I also brought a thumb drive to show a video of the space so you guys could see it if you wanted to, and also a video um, of the space being used over a period of time when it was Maud's, the first lesbian bar here in town. Hi, everybody. I know one of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I opened Finnegan's on 24th Street in 1976, was there for eight years, had a uh, typical San Francisco lease problem with a landlord, so had to close it down, reopened uh, five years later, 
had another bar go, unfortunately, on Cole Street uh, in 1989, just about a month before the earthquake. So it was uh, pretty interesting having the uh, ceiling fall down. <laughs> uh, my daughter and I cleaned it up all day. Anyway, we've been going strong. I've been doing this for 47 years. I'm semi-retired, um, not quite senile or dead yet, but I'm working on both. Uh, did you have a question? I'm sorry, I thought I saw your hand go. Okay. Um, the space has been a bar since before 1966. I'm not exactly sure how long before 66, but that's when Ricky Stryker opened Maud's, which was the first lesbian bar on the West Coast. And uh, in the late 80s, Ricky had cancer and wanted to, she was in her late 60s, wanted to get out of the business and uh, was looking for a person. And uh, we struck it off. I went to talk to her and she said, uh, I will not use the colorful language that she used, but uh, she said I was not a person she didn't like. So we worked out a deal. I bought the bar. We had the earthquake. Uh, and about two years later, people started to come back, and it's uh, been thriving. We've been using the backyard. Uh, the backyard's been in use as far back as we could figure out. There was a ping-pong table when we bought it. We, it was falling apart, so we built a new one. Um, it was a bar called The Study before Ricky bought it and opened Mods. And, uh, you know, I've been there 33 years. Uh, I'm almost 83, so six years ago I decided it was about time for me to bail and uh, got Dan and his brother to uh, become partners. And I am semi-retired, but I'm still there, and both in spirit and in body. And I don't know if you all have any questions. I won't use the same joke I used last time. Maybe, maybe we can use this opportunity. I can show you guys the video of the backyard yeah. and then Please. the video. I'd like to say, say one more thing. We have had a, uh, a series of unfortunate uh, uh, passings of both bartenders and friends, and we've routinely had uh, memorial services for them and, you know, food and all that. And... People are in the backyard, and we used a microphone to say, you know, so everybody could say their bit about Kurt or Della, people you don't know, but that we loved, who uh, died too young. And uh, other than that, it's a beautiful space on a nice day. Uh, we don't want to go past 10 o'clock. We've been in compliance with our uh, limited uh, live performance Thing. We don't have a whole lot of them, but when we do, we're in compliance. And uh, so we're just asking for a little expansion. So I'm going to turn it over to Dan unless anybody has a question for me. So if I, if I press play, will it show up on the... Oh, there we go. Okay, so I just took a little video of the backyard just so everyone, the commissioners, could just get a, a view of what we're talking about. So if you've not been to Finnegan's, if, if you haven't, you should come by and check it out. But this is our backyard area. And so I'm just kind of walking into the backyard to show you the tables, and then um, you can see the TVs here in the distance.
installed, and so the sound is normally not on, and uh, only for Niners games or Warriors games. Only for Niners games or Warriors games or uh, you know special events would we turn the sound on the TV. So it's not like you know we play sound on those TVs every day. It's really only on a rare occasion. Um, so I wanted to show you that. Now let me show you. I think this is pretty neat. This this shows just some of the history of. Uh, of the bar, and this is from the the documentary called "The Last Call at Mods," which um, <clears throat> I don't know if we can hear this hear the sound, but anyway, so this this shows people in the backyard uh, in the uh, in the seventies and the eighties, we believe, uh, you know, jump roping, and then they're playing ping pong and whatnot, and so it just shows <laughs> trying to jump rope. They're trying to jump rope. It just it just shows. Yeah, I just thought store? it was cool to show. This was a documentary that was filmed in the last couple of years of mods when they knew it was going to go under. So all this uh, footage is from the middle to late 80s. Anyway, so I think that concludes maybe our presentation, unless the commissioners have any questions. Hello, thanks for coming in. Just want to clarify the type of entertainment you plan for the space. Is this on your application, spoken word speeches on comedy? Is that correct? Is that accurate? <clears throat> yeah, and the, and the comedy really relates more to, it's just, it's speech, right? So it, it's, and what we're highlighting are the things that we have done at this, in this space. Yeah. Um, which is which is those three things. We never had like a band out there or anything like that. We don't plan on doing that. Okay. And DJs? No. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, then, even, even though the the space is technically legal and permitted to operate till two o'clock in the morning, we don't do that. We voluntarily close it around eleven every night, and we don't you know we don't del deliberately have that type of entertainment back there just because number one this this body hasn't permitted us to do it. And number two is because we think we'd be disruptive to the neighbors. And that's just not the kind of people, you know, kind of business we're going to run. And we have been running since Tom, since uh, in that location since 89. And in case there are um, complaints from the neighbors, what would be your policy to address them in real time? Well, well we do. I mean, if, uh, we don't get very many complaints, um, but if we do get a complaint, um, in the, for instance, what we're talking about, if someone was complaining that the TVs in the back were too loud, we would just turn them down. I mean, the TVs operate 99.9% .9 of the time without any sound, so it's not like people need sound to watch TV. So. And how can people contact you? They can call the bar. The bar, okay. Yeah, we have a And phone. someone will answer that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Phone number. Okay, thank you. Yes. Um. Please. Just, I uh, am deeply appreciative of the history of mods, uh, and I recognize this as, as being in the space where mods was and um, all of that. But I do have to push back a little bit on mods being the first lesbian bar on the West Coast. There were absolutely lesbian bars. Mona's, Mona's 440. Um, there were a number of bars in North Beach that were lesbian bars before mods. So uh, mods has a very important place in uh, queer history in San Francisco, but was not the first. 
I'm just commenting on what Ricky told me. Okay. <laughs> I, I understand I wanted, that. And I think she wanted credit. Knowing Ricky, I know she, yes, she you liked Rick, getting credit. You knew Ricky. Things. She, she, uh, she was a very strong woman. <laughs> More questions? Uh, I just want to echo thanks for um, centering the LGBTQ history of the bar, especially when it was mod study. It's um, And also I do... Uh, want to recognize that I think that you know, especially when the pandemic happened, um, the necessity or the it, I thought I think a lot of people were thankful that we had so many bars with patios and that this provides a place for people to go and have a good time without being afraid of um, sometimes the uh, trauma that has stayed with us since the pandemic. Yeah, we were able to stay open outdoors for uh, most of the pandemic. It was rough on everybody's business, but uh, we survived okay. And uh, I had COVID recently, and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions? I don't have any we're, questions. We're glad you recovered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys can have a seat. Um, let's go ahead and do public comment here before we discuss. Let's see if there is any. Hello. Hello, my name's Julian Barber. Um, my wife, Katie Petro, and I have lived within 250 feet of Finnegan's Wake for over 13 years. We also operate Alien Sun Labs LLC, which is a registered minority uh, business entity with the city of San Francisco out of our apartment and our home. As Coal Valley business owners and long-term neighbors, we enthusiastically support Finnegan's Wake receiving a live performance per permit. Finnegan's is a community gathering place and we wholeheartedly support their activities. Finnegan's superior and clean backyard has been a boom to our business during COVID. We used it to network and host clients and friends in a clean and safe environment without worry about COVID transmission. The, bar's frequently, the bar also frequently hosts community events that make Coal Valley a unique, enjoyable place to be. For example, Coal Valley Holiday Pop-Up, a local handmade craft market on Shop Small Saturday that we organized in the backyard, um, a memorial service for beloved icons and neighbors, as well as the usual spots for watching sports and parties. As adults, excuse me, all adults feel welcome and included at Finnegan's, which is important to us as a racially mixed, non-heteronormative couple living in a majority white neighborhood and city. In our increasingly polarized online world, Finnegan's is a unique analog place. We wholeheartedly support Finnegan's Wake getting whatever entertainment permit they need to continue their fine work as a community space and a safe spot for neighbors to mix and mingle. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any more comments locally or on the interwebs? We do have a comment on a couple of comments online, but I just want to make sure that all the in-person comments are done. Okay, now we're going to go to a couple of comments. Um, I'm going to go with the comments of the raised hands first, and then there are also some written public comments that I will read after that. So Adele, I'm going to unmute you one second.
Can you hear? Hi, can you hear us? Yes, we can hear uh, you. Yeah, my name is David Newman, and I know it says Adele, but Adele is my wife who is sitting next to me. Can you see us as well? No. No, okay. No, uh, we are longtime <laughs> residents of Cold Valley. Um, I've been here since 1981. I, I remember Maud's very well. Um, and I never heard any noise from, from Maud's. We live a block away. And we've noticed an, a, a great increase in noise coming from the outdoor patios over the past, say, three to five years. Um, and um, we recognize that during COVID, this was a necessary function to keep businesses operating. We never opposed it. We fully supported it. Um, but now things have changed. People are gathering indoors again. We have no objection whatsoever to Finnegan's using its outdoor patio. We do have an objection to uh, amplified sound coming from Finnegan's. Um, we hear it very clearly a block away. And we don't think that the neighbors should have, the residential neighbors should have to put up with amplified outdoor sound. We, now we know they say, that they're not going to have live music out there, but you're giving them a permit, as I understand it, for such live music. And that will be a significant detrimental change to our residential neighborhood. Um, last thing, I, just as a side note, um, we know that they said that they distributed 75 written communications. We didn't receive one. Nobody we talked to received one. And the only way we knew about this application was because we happened to walk by Finnegan's and saw the sign posted outdoors. So we question whether, and social media. And social media. No, we didn't know. Well, we didn't know, yeah, sorry, we did not know through social media. So those are our comments. And thank you for the opportunity to comment. Thank you. Uh, the next one is a phone number. Just one second. Hi there. My name is Robin Stein, and I have lived in Full Valley for the last 14 years. And I frequently go to Finnegan's Wake, and I cannot say strongly enough how much I go there to spend time outdoors to be able to converse and talk with my friends. And I rarely hear the TV on. Um, and I, honestly, it doesn't feel like it's really any louder than, let's say, Zazie's next door, which you can barely hear as well. Um, I also think that in Coal Valley, um, just as if the neighbors could be having people over, in their yard doing a barbecue that's really the the loudest type of noise you, you would hear from that so i i really don't understand why it would be an issue and lastly even though we're moving away from covid there's still many people myself included that nine times out of ten would want to be able to sit outside and you know if there's some music playing um, not live music, but just some sound going. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So I fully, fully support Finnegan's and um, them being able to get this permit to continue what they're doing. Great, thank you. 
Okay. I'm really busy tonight. Um, I'm going to just read the um, three comments that were put in the chat. The first one comes from Jamie J., I believe. Um, Please support Finns in this effort. Being able to watch sports games outside has been such a godsend in keeping a community together that has lost... I'm so sorry. I will do that again slower. Please support Finns this in this effort. Being able to watch sports games outside has been such a godsend in keeping a community together that has lost two restaurants and a pharmacy recently. And then the next commenter is Marika. Um, As a regular visitor and customer of Finnegan's Wake, I'm in favor of maintaining the permit to maintain entertainment outside. It has been one of the only ways I feel comfortable supporting Finnegan's and feeling safe slash social and support local sports teams during the pandemic. Please allow the backyard to continue the amplified sound. And then the last one is from Elaine Young. Um, And Elaine, I'm just going to read your first one just because everyone gets the one. Um, Not sure how the audio could be that loud when I can barely hear them when I visit the Finnegan's backyard. Finnegan's is my home away from home and was an oasis when I had health issues during the pandemic and could only watch sporting events with my friends in the beautiful Finnegan's backyard. Please vote to keep their outdoor sound. Okay, and then another one just came in. Um, Again, just one comment per person for the chat. So this one is from Alex. Alex says, I was only comfortable going to Finnegan's because there is an outdoor space. The sound that comes from the TV is hard to hear in the backyard, so I am shocked that anyone has complained about the sound. I am also very surprised with the comment from Dave earlier about people feeling comfortable to now visit indoors. As an immunocompromised person, it is vital for me and many others to have this safer option. Okay, a couple more just came in. (laughs) Ryan, Finnegan's is a wonderful place with great owners, great bartenders, and a wide range of locals, many of whom have been going there forever and some who are just getting familiar with it. Finnegan's has always been great about providing their bar and their resources for neighborhood events. They use it judiciously and for good community reasons. That's it. All right, so we'll close public comment. That's my job. President Blyman, can I make a clarifying point just from one of the public comments? Please. Um, Actually, two of them. One was um, in opposition and one was in support, and they both referenced that uh, the permit application is to include outdoor entertainment, which it is not. It is specifically conditioned that this is for outdoor amplified sound only. Got it. Thank you. All right, any discussion, comments? All right, entertain motions. I move approval with staff conditions. Seconded. All right, we can vote. President Flyman. Aye. Vice President Comino. 
is just she, she had to step gone, out. just stepping out. Commissioner Falzon. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Torres. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. Congratulations, Finnegan's. You can play the Niners games outside. <laughs> <laughs> Not till next season. This though. took a little bit of work. Yeah, a little bit of work. Yeah, in about eight months, nine months. Um, all right. Uh, this would move us along to the f second to last item on our agenda, which uh, Deputy Director Azevedo will introduce for us. Um, actually, I will introduce it and then I will pass it off to Deputy Director Azevedo because it is quite a long memo that we want to read into the record. So we're just going to split it up. Need to pack. No. Good. Thank you. All right, so um, again, this is a discussion and possible action item to amend the permit conditions of limited live performance permit number EC1545, doing business as Adobe Books, located at 3130 24th Street, and this is at the request of the commission uh, from our last hearing. So at our last hearing on February 7th, as you'll recall, during our regular enforcement update, staff updated the commission that there was a violent incident, a shooting to be specific, that occurred in front of Adobe Books' business on January 13th, 2023. Uh, included for reference in uh, your documents is uh, several exhibits, uh, so that's reference in Exhibit A. Uh, in our previous hearing, the incident was brought to our attention via email communications from nearby neighbors. After reviewing the emails, we spoke with Supervisor Ronan's office, SFPD Mission Station, and Heather Holt, the manager of co-op-run Adobe Books, to learn more about the incident. Upon reviewing the incident repo reports from the business and SFPD, it appeared that the parties involved in the shooting may have been attending an event hosted that night by Adobe Books called Total Fucking Chaos. Um, sorry for that, um, for the record. Uh, it's important to just note that the events on uh, January 13th did not host entertainment, so they weren't utilizing their permit at that time. However, it brought up the concerns we have around uh, ensuring that there's effective compliance moving forward around security protocol at this location. So in response to the incident, staff assessed potential administrative enforcement actions, including the common sensible response of issuing a director's order for compliance with a revised security plan. But since this business did not have a security plan in place, uh, this is because they're an LLP permit holder. Normally those permit holders are not required to submit and then have to comply with a security plan. So this is a bit out of order for us. Uh, normally that's something that place of entertainment permit holders have to do because entertainment uh, is considered principal activity in those cases. Um, so in this case, it was not their principal activity. They are a bookstore, uh, but they do host events. Uh, so because of that, there was no security plan in place during that event, uh, and there were no grounds for us to take administrative action, so that's why we're here before the commission tonight. So we're essentially utilizing a piece of code. It's 1060.5G3, so we've had uh, used this piece of code several times before to bring in businesses to uh, 
essentially look at uh, current conditions and assess what potential conditions we might want to add. Uh, in this case, uh, potentially including some security conditions. So this was our path forward to be able to do that this evening. Uh, so again, you know, we're not here to assess potential revocation of this permit, and I wanted to make that clear for attendees this evening. Uh, again, this is really just to look at our current conditions and see how we can advise the commission to uh, include some security conditions for this business moving forward. One of our main concerns with this business is essentially just the fact that their current operations don't really lend themselves to operating um, events in a structure that makes sense to our commission, like a nightclub or a music venue, right? Uh, they are a co-op, so they employ uh, volunteers as opposed to paid staff, which is great, but that brings up concerns for us uh, relative to having dedicated security staff for these events. Uh, which in the past have oftentimes been quite large and well attended, which is great for the business. They're popular, uh, but we want to make sure they're responsible and safe moving forward. Um, so one of our concerns, again, is around the staffing structure, uh, but this is really because we want to make sure that there is a responsible party on-premises during events um, and potentially having dedicated security staff. Um, some of our confusion with uh, and lack of communication or poor communication with the business has been caused due to the fact that when we visit and we're checking on compliance with permit conditions, there isn't a dedicated staff person there who understands those permit conditions. Uh, I won't get into it too much, but even a week and a half ago when we hand-delivered our copy of the notice to appear for this hearing, uh, our inspector was met with some opposition, uh, sorry, not opposition, resistance, I would say, from one of the volunteer staff. Um, so we later spoke with uh, the business manager, uh, Heather, who's here tonight about that. Um, and ultimately, we just want to have a better working relationship with Heather um, and with her volunteer staff. Um, but we need to make sure that the business is taking a leadership role in educating those staff about permit conditions, uh, the role of our office and inspectors. Um, and I will say before uh, I pass this over to Deputy Director Azevedo that we did receive a submission from the permit holder uh, prior to this hearing tonight that seems as though there is a good faith effort moving forward for them to potentially take on some of the things that we're recommending tonight of their own accord. So that, that was good to see. Uh, Caitlin, do you want to take over from here? Yes. So I just want to touch base on some... Um, enforcement history that just to give the commission an understanding sort of what has transpired in prior to this occurrence on January 13th. So on September 9th, 2022, we did issue a notice of violation for operating entertainment with the front door open during a show that was held on September 2nd. And, and we were out in response to a 311 sound complaint. Um, on November 1st of 2022, we issued a citation due to patrons forming large crowds outside of the business and blocking the sidewalk with open alcohol containers, an event that was uh, taking place on October 28th. We were also called out to the site uh, because of a 311 sound complaint. So we issued the citation because there was a violation of the good neighbor policy um, with staff not being familiar with permit conditions as well as ADA requirements for leaving a clear six foot path of travel on the sidewalk. 
And on November 11th of 2022, we received a 311 complaint stating that the bookstore was hosting an event with 70 to 100 people spilling out onto the sidewalk in the front of Adobe Books. And when Inspector Fiorentino responded in real time, he observed a very large crowd outside of the business blocking the sidewalk and causing people to walk into the street in order to bypass the crowd. You can see a picture of this attached in Exhibit G of the packet here tonight. Um, during Inspector Fiorentino's visit on November 11th, he observed someone playing music from a portable speaker outside on the sidewalk and many open containers of alcohol. And he saw that the bookstore's front door was open and a DJ was spinning in the back of the shop. He spoke with Heather about the complaint and in response, she closed the front door right away and stopped the DJ's performance and asked the people to leave the shop. But this didn't mitigate the large crowd that was gathered in the sidewalk in front of the business. Um, so on November 21st, in follow-up with Inspector Fiorentino's visit, instead of issuing a citation, Director Weiland and I made a good faith effort to communicate directly with Heather about the aforementioned issues, and we hosted a team's call with her. Um, during the meeting, we talked about the crowd control issues, and we explained that the permit holder is responsible for keeping the sidewalk clear, even after patrons have exited the bookstore, um, per the Good Neighbor policy. During that meeting, we also suggested that she hire identifiable security staff to work the door during events so that they can monitor the bookstore's occupancy, keep the front door closed during entertainment, and keep the sidewalk clear of crowds. Um, I want to say in the memo, you'll read here that to date we hadn't had proof of security, but uh, based on Heather's submission in advance of the hearing, it sounds like they actually have started uh using a security guard at their events. So we'll be hearing more from Heather about that in just a moment. I do wanna share uh, that this memo and supporting documentation was all shared with the permit holder and SFPD mission station and supervisor Ronan's office in advance of the hearing tonight, just for everyone's awareness. So at the conclusion of this memo, the staff have listed a number of possible conditions that you may elect to adopt. Normally, staff recommendations are presented in a manner that would recommend that you move to improve them in their entirety. However, in this case, we have outlined six suggested conditions to choose from as you see fit. So you're, of course, able to amend the wording of any of these suggested conditions or propose that we impose additional reasonable time, place, and manner conditions. Specifically, you could create a condition related to venue entry protocol, including but not limited to bag checks or pat downs and or wanding upon entry. We have not outlined a condition like this below, but you may wanna discuss this with the permit holder. Um, attached in this packet tonight is their LLP permit and many exhibits and letters from community members in defense of Adobe Books LLP permit. Um, as Director Weiland mentioned, um, this hearing tonight is not about revoking the LLP permit. And I did indicate that to the neighbors who expressed concern that the business might lose their ability to host entertainment. So I clarified to everyone that submitted a letter um, that this is not the case. And rather they were summoned tonight at the request of the condition to just to consider adding security related conditions due to safety concerns. As Director Weiland mentioned, we did receive a commitment from the permit holder that gives our staff more confidence moving forward. Um, the permit holder stated that they've recently hired a security guard who, who worked the door during their latest art show and that they have posted signage to their patrons about being respectful to the neighbors. Um, 
at this point, I think it makes the most sense to turn it over to the permit holders so you can hear from them directly. And I'll introduce them in just one second. I did want to mention that in your folder, you will also see in the Google folder itself, you'll also see a submission um, that includes some video footage and two letters of opposition that I received today from um, neighbors in the community. So that's not mentioned in this memo here tonight, but it is included in your Google folder for your consideration. So here to speak with you this evening is permit holder Heather Holt, who is being represented by Mark Rennie. Mr. President, uh, commissioners, my name is Mark Rennie. I'm here tonight with Heather Holt. Say hi, Heather. Hi. Uh, Adobe Books has been hosting cultural and um, has been hosting culture and uh, been a part of the Mission District since 1989. Um, they are recognized as a legacy business by the city and county of San Francisco. And I understand tonight that the commission and staff have some concerns about the safety uh, protocols that we have in place and would like Adobe Books to continue to host entertainment uh, entertainment, but do it so do so in the safest possible manner. First off, I'd, I would like to dispute uh, maybe the main reason we are here tonight that concerns that shooting. Um, we will probably have some people who, who had witnessed it, but I, I've asked a lot of questions about this. It happened, this was a perfect storm that night. It was Friday the 13th. The next door tattoo shop gives free tattoos on Friday the 13th. They had a large crowd outside wanting free tattoos. We had a large crowd that night also. And the person who eventually got shot had walked into the tattoo parlor trying to get a swastika put on the side of their neck. It became uh, quite a contentious situation. The guy stormed out of the place, ran into somebody, and the, the, a fight ensued. But away from, away from Adobe Books toward Shotwell, and shots rang out. I would ask that the record be kept open, and I'd like to put uh, at least a letter in there. But we do have... There is a fairly accurate representation of what happened in Exhibit C to your packet tonight. But that being said, we, want, we have been uh, pretty much uh, doing business in the mission since 1989. We want to stay another 50 years. We've done some really good, we've had some good cultural events. We've had some good musics. The OCs got started there, if anybody knows the group, the OCs. Um, Barry McGee, who has five paintings in the, in the permanent collection of the uh, New York uh, MoMA, Museum of Modern Art, he did shows with this particular Adobe Books. Um, the, history is, the history is amazing, but let's talk about the future. We've put up some signage. The signage states, please respect our neighbors, no ins and outs during live music. Do not vandalize, respect others and yourself. Please keep our space clear. We have sound limitations, so please uh, act respectfully in the neighborhood and, dis and please disperse quietly after the concert is over. We have a second sign which states that we are not a BY BYOB venue and states that there will be no drinking on the sidewalk. Um, I'm sort of late to this um, situation, but I'm going to be working with the volunteers and encourage that there's always a head volunteer at every event, any public event, and the head volunteer will always have a ultimate authority whenever there's a critical uh, incident at the premises. 
We're gonna keep volunteers in front of the uh, sidewalks to keep them clear. Um, I have finished a first draft of a 15-page Adobe security plan, Adobe Book security plan. I'm, I intend to work, work with Caitlin to try to polish that up a little bit. Um, we will have no loitering in front of the um, business, no ins and outs, I think we mentioned that, and we will start hiring a security person for each event that is expected to draw over 50 people. Um, if you have any questions, my client would be glad to answer anything you have, and we have quite a bit of folks out in the, out in the audience who would like to discuss some events. Yeah, thank you. And um, I was uh, at the event on Friday the 13th, as well as several other adults um, over 40. And we, um, I was a first-hand witness to the altercation that happened with the two men that started on Shoutwell on 24th. Um, the larger man was very, very aggressive, and the person who ultimately shot him was kind of recoiled back towards the tattoo shop and our store and was in the street when it happened. Um, and it, it was a very, really, really unfortunate situation. We're really lucky that no bystanders got shot. Um, and this was our first ever um, violent incident that's, uh, that's occurred on 24th Street in 10 years of history that I've been with the organization. Uh, we recently became a 501 nonprofit. I'm not sure if this made it into your report, but I did submit a copy of our grant to the California Arts Council that details um, a budget as well as plans for how to um, how to engage the youth that are coming into our space. So we do have a lot of 18 to 24 year old youth who are audience members as well as organizers here. Some of them are here, they'll speak to you tonight. Um, we always have a head volunteer. There are a lot of issues with the inspector that um, have been documented. So I don't think this is the forum to go through it, but I wouldn't say that that's so much confusion, but um, his vibe and um, I'm happy to forward you the documents that we've been sharing amongst ourselves and, and reported to Maggie and Caitlin about um, Michael's um, attitude problem. So it's uh, unfortunate that this situation has brought us to this point where now we're being faced with some sort of regulatory. Um, the, we, what we don't want is to be put in a position where we have to have a security guard at every event. Last year, I think we had 92 events poetry readings, shows, um, experimental music nights, so many different types of activities, and we had six noise complaints out of, like, for, out of 92 events. So I think it would be really um, just prohibitive for us to have to now have like bag checks and a security guard, and it's just not like our style. Like We're happy to... Um, have security present for events that, that we have hired security for that where we feel like we need a door flow. We've acknowledged we have to get our sidewalk under control. Everyone's aware that we have to get our sidewalk under control. Um, during COVID, it was really challenging. People do want to be outside. We understand that that's, you know, kind of faded out of fashion. So we have, you know, we are bringing people back inside and our last uh, art opening was very successful. There's a letter there from Susan Cervantes, the director, founding director of Presida Eyes who attended as a volunteer, and um, everything went great, smoothly, everyone was out, gates locked by 845. So we're hopeful that um, you'll hear from the voices of the actual organizers and volunteers. We're all professionals in our field. 
We're not just volunteers. A lot of us spend hours and hours and hours and hours of our time here. This is a really special place, and we hope that you will take into consideration the uniqueness of our venue. Can I go first? Hi. So I just want to start off by saying I think it's really important that we create spaces for 18 to 24-year-olds here in San Francisco. I think it's critical at this point with so much of the affordability crisis and just people getting pushed out, the gentrification of the city. So I applaud that. I just want to ask um, a couple of questions. What is your capacity? 49. Okay. And then in terms of the spillage that's going into the sidewalk, is it because you're exceeding that amount? No, those people aren't in the space at one time. So when we have an art reception, um, there's it goes over the course of three hours. Um, so people come in and out, uh, people linger. It's definitely uh, 24th Street is a very narrow corridor, but a very busy corridor. So when people see other people, it attracts people. We did have a parklet during um, COVID and we did remove it because it became a kind of a health hazard underneath of it. But um, we do have we do have popularity, and we've actually stopped advertising. We don't send out emails anymore. Um, we do post on Instagram, um, but very like maybe day of or day before because of this because of this issue because there have been capacity issues. I understand. So with the fact that you have like nearly 100 events in 2022, and that you have a primary audience of 18 to 24 year olds, I do think it's really important that you are going to um, just really focus on safety. Mm -hmm and also coming into compliance with our commission, I think is critical so that we can continue to create these different spaces. I agree with you. Questions? Um, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Down to you, please. My one question is about your suggestion to hire a security guard for only events where you're expecting more than 50 if your capacity is 49. Could you through expand the, on that? Yeah, through the rotation of the evening. So that because the art events are open half during public hours and half, you know, and we, do, we usually stay till like 8.30 or sometimes 9, um, the security is helpful to keep the flow and the door flow and keep people kind of moving along, um, which we found helpful uh, two weeks ago. And how will you determine if you're going to expect more than 50 people to come to a particular event? Um, for the art shows, it's really variable. But but we do we will start hiring security for all the art art receptions because of the variables. But for music shows, um, the we just happen we just know our um, the the curators who are curating the shows and working with the artists um, have an understanding of what kind of attraction they'll they'll receive. Hi, good evening. Um, First, as a comment, I know soon we're going to go to public comment, and obviously you, you can say whatever you care to say, but I would caution getting into great detail about that incident. I think anyone that has any facts they'd like to share, I'd encourage them to contact our homicide detail, 5530123. They'll get you connected. This really isn't the form to get that granular because um, there could be many parties watching this, and it could just lend to confusion. So... I understand why you said what you said, and I certainly didn't give you the disclaimer. I just did. Then again, people can say what they wish, but I would just discourage it and say there's a proper format and uh, form to share your observations. And I am hoping, if you have legitimate observations, that you are communicating them to the police department for the sake of both parties, frankly. Um, so that's my first comment. I think even if we remove that incident from the equation, 
there's still been a, a bit of an uptick to your point. So what I'm trying to understand is, to your credit, you've had a lot of events that pretty much were never on our radar, mm -hmm. yet things seem to start pivoting in September. Do you, do you have a sense of what started happening or why? You mean with the complaints? Yeah. Um, well, after um, April 15th last year, we had a art opening and there was a lot of activity on the street for 415 day. And a lot of it, it was kind of fluid, but then moved towards our shop and the tattoo shop. Um, this is a new neighbor of ours. And um, we, we weren't anticipating how many, that that would actually, that that kind of chaos would then snake back to us. Um, there were a lot of um, people gathering and being destructive on the other side of the street that weren't actually like in our store, but actually throwing beer bottles at our store and at our curators. So, but then the association became that that was because of us. And the, the, some of the neighbors um, actually threatened us afterwards saying that they were gonna get our limited, our limited entertainment license revoked because after that incident, they were very upset there was vandalism to their garage. Um, I've been trying to work with the neighbors and I have so many records and so many good goodwill efforts that we've all tried um, to get them to come and sit down with us and this has never occurred. Um, I'm not sure about September specifically, but I know the noise complaints started in June. We have never had noise complaints. We, we couldn't find, there's no, there's no record of 311 calls about us that I could locate. Um, and we've always tried to be really generous with our space and with our neighborhood and with our community. So I'm, I, it feels vindictive, some of this, um, in terms well, of well, hang complaints. on a sec. I, I do want to clarify. When we've received complaints and we've responded, we were able to validate the complaint. Yeah. So yeah, I, no, hear, no, no, I, yeah. I hear yes. you, yeah. but we're aware if people that, are calling yeah. and we're showing up and there's no violation, that would lend to your point. Totally. But so, we are a very busy place. Sure. There's probably pictures of us having you know pe people loitering on sidewalks for the last 33 years. Like that's just, we're a community gathering space. If you want, if, and I'm not saying that that's like, compliant, but now that we're aware and we're being brought into this, this format that compliance is, is going to be key to our sustainability, we're not afraid of becoming compliant, but we just need space to do that. And we're, we're operating in a, in a volunteer way, but now that we become a 501c3, we have an incredible opportunity to raise funds through our community support as well as foundations and government grants and other things that are possible that would help strengthen our ability to actually sure. to do this but right. I don't mean to cut you short, but I just want to make it clear. If you spend any time with your commission, with this commission, everything you're saying, this group actively supports. So that, that's not what the issue is. Yeah. What I think, what I'm trying to see is that there's genuine collaboration to find a solution. Totally, yeah. And, and, and if, they, if that exists, we will solve this. Yeah, and Maggie- I have no doubt. Yeah, Maggie and Caitlin and I have been on many, well, just recently we've been introduced, but Caitlin and I have been in conversation on meetings, many, many meetings and, and email since last, um, since last April, even before that. So yeah, we're-, we're, we're and, and I think that's why you're here tonight, because we recognize the opportunities, but, but your business model is unique. Now that said, this group thrives on unique. This is San Francisco. We challenge you to bring a business model that we can't help you figure out. But because you do focus with volunteers, it does raise some dynamics. And I think when staff shows up and there is resistance, 
that that's concerning. It's kind of understandable if it's volunteers, because I get it. People are very loyal to this group, and they're protective. You seem you want to say something. Well, when the inspector shows up and um, the people that have made these complaints, about it, it, I don't, there's no confusion on their part of who he is. It's, it's how he approaches people, does not make them, women specifically, does not make them feel comfortable giving him their personal emails and phone numbers and full names. Nor has it ever been, uh, this is just a fact. This, I'm, just, I'm just translating information. Sure. No, what I would suggest, if, if you have a concern with one of our inspectors, a I've, public forum may not be ideal, we've but, met, but the executive staff's it. here. I've, I've recorded them. Great. I've sent them along. But I just, We have a process internally yeah. that if there's an issue with our staff. But I don't think this is an issue with our volunteers is what I'm trying to say. And we are a unique situation. We are a unique venue. But I don't think it's about the volunteers being uninformed. I think it's just about us having the resources we need to and, and trying to understand what it is that you're asking us to do, which we're fully aware of now. We totally understand. We get it. We've talked about it. We've met about it. We've re-met about it. We slack about it. We're on it. And so I guess what I'm asking tonight is that in a good faith, allow us to keep doing this work that we're doing and see, like, see where we're at with it because we have made good faith to hire somebody out of our own pocket. We don't even pay ourselves, but now we're paying security. So we're hired, we've hired a security guard. We're, we're in the middle of transitioning this business into the 501c3. We have really strong leadership. We have really good communication. We have a lot of community support, and we can do it. We've, we've brought ourselves into weird compliance issues before. We're just slower than the normal business, perhaps, because of our, because of our situation, but it's not that we're incompetent. No, I don't think that's been I hope that wasn't suggested. Yeah. And, and please understand, everything you're telling us is exactly why we're all here tonight, and this is helpful. So if you have confidence that your volunteer staff is very in tune with your issues and that they're on board, that's good for us to hear because that's the first I've heard it. Yes. But that's helpful. Um, I have a couple more comments, but I'm going to wait. All right. Commissioner Thomas? Um, I've, I live right off 24th Street, and I've been a fan of Adobe Books since it was on 16th Street. So I've been here for a while. Um, and thank you for coming in and trying to address this. Are you, have you seen the staff recommendations that are listed uh, in the memo? <clears throat> um, not all of them. Yes, yes, I read this. Yes. Yeah, so there's an, six potential staff recommendations in there. And it sounds like you're already doing a number of these. So, for example, you're hiring a security guard, but your preference would to be to not use the security guard for all entertainment ones but for the ones where you have a reasonable idea that there's going to be a larger crowd is that correct yeah we we have we know when it's going to be an issue we've figured that out okay yeah. um and are there other staff recommendations in here uh i mean do all of these work for you um well the 100 foot radius i know is just a standard like um if you've walked 24th Street and you walk 100 feet from our business, it lands you on other blocks. So I just want to note that that is, you know, I understand that's just the way it is. But to let you know that if something, if there is a fight on 24th and Shotwell, I can't say that we can do anything about it. And, and, and the, the assumption that these two men were with our event, there's no, 
evidence for this because I was, I mean, I was there. I don't know if the police have evidence that these people were here for our events, but they, in our understanding, these two people had a fight and it came and spilled over. It, the shooting didn't, also did not happen in front of our storefront. So let me just help again. you understand. We have a good neighbor policy that your permit's bound to. Yes. It says 100. I know it does, but I'm just going to give you, I'm just giving you the scope that. No, no, I, because I of and the, I don't want to confuse yeah, it with this incident. But, totally. But I would caution you from telling us you can't comply with it. Not comply. Because it doesn't really yeah. matter where it lands. It's not about compliance. It's that it's that there are, it's a busy corridor. So I, yeah, I don't that's, that. that, that's just my point. So <laughs> I'm not, I know that that's your rule. But I, I'm just letting you know. Not mine personally. Not your personal. But, but it's your the body. entity rule. That, yes. And a lot of work's gone into that document over the years. Totally. I'm just letting you know it does apply to everybody that has a permit. The loitering and crowding, you know, we're definitely uh, at any time during business hours. I just took pictures of uh, parents with strollers looking at books, you know, and standing outside, like loitering on the street. I, I get it. But, you know, I'm just letting you know that a lot of people stand on, the, on 24th Street. But I understand when you're saying in front of events, like, we get that, but there's going to be people standing in front of our door. If I well, and say, I, and I, I feel like what you're telling us is we want to collaborate, but no, we I'm getting do. concerned about No, you but. said, yes, but I'm just responding to that because what I don't want to happen is that more restrictions are put onto our permit that then the angry people can then, that, that becomes even more restrictive for us to, to do Point the well job we're doing. That's, we're very that's, mindful of that's that. All and I'm and these are just discussions, right? Totally, now. yeah. But I just want you to know that, uh, you know, that if you, what I don't want to happen is it becomes so literal that, that we're, there's, there's five people standing out there, like, let's get them, let's get them now. You know, it's that, that that's kind of been the attitude for our venue from, um, we don't even know who these neighbors are. We've, we don't even know who they are. And I, you know, just from my perspective, at least, you know, we want you to survive and thrive and be able to host as many events as you want to. So I think it's a matter of figuring out how to put in place enough protections and activities so that um, you know, to, uh, so that people can't grab onto things and say, see, they're not doing yes. it. So I think we have a, we have a similar idea here. Um, and, you know, obviously if people are looking at a table full of books or something like that's not what we mean by loitering in front as much as, you know, blocking the sidewalk so that people can't get through. Right. Because yes, I walk up and down Twenty Fourth Street all the time. Like that's that's my neighborhood, so I'm I'm very familiar with what it looks like on the sidewalk. But I think uh, it, you know ensuring that people aren't standing in a large crowd right outside the door. I um I just wanted to echo my colleagues in trying to convey that we are here to help make sure that you continue to exist and you're a legacy business and you're in integral to the community. I literally lived 50 feet away from your store for seven years. I loved when you had um, your events. <clears throat> that said, I also knew the challenges sometimes of when the sidewalks would get overcrowded, but I also well understand the challenges of that particular block. Um, I was personally assaulted <laughs> right there, so I understand how things can get. Um, but I think that it's important for you to know, especially in regards to uh, the vice president pointed out that it's an important that we continue to have events that are for for youth, 18 and over. Um, 
in order for us to fully support you, we need for you to understand that like uh, having contact information and a security guard and a point person for all of these things is how we're able to support you, especially should something terrible again happen, which hopefully it would not happen. But I think that it's important that there's an alignment with what you, you're, you don't have to have events, obviously, right? But you've chosen to, and it's a good thing and it's an important thing within the community, but it's also important that we make sure that all of our channels of communication are open so we can adequately support you. Mm -hmm. um, and just to, so the staff recommendations are generally acceptable to you? Is that, with the sort of caveat on number one, around using your judgment around which events. Like for example, number yeah. four is about wristband or stamps, but if you don't have in or out, is that, you know? I mean, that would be fine. We can do that. It's not a problem. Yeah, it's just more about the dedicated. I think requiring us to have a dedicated security at every single live performance or event or reading or, it's just, it, it, it's, it, it, it would be too restrictive for us, I believe. I don't think we need that. I think we can, ha I think we can handle this um, in, a, in a respectful and reasonable way. And we've also scaled back our events to include more workshops um, because this is such a valuable group for us. Like we, um, starting back in April, we've actually started um, decreasing and rerouting shows and moving things around um, and to be able to, and to be more you know, well-rounded in, in the services we're offering. And could I ask if, if I remember correctly, you said about a hundred events a year. How many of those would you anticipate hiring a security guard for? Twenty. And and in the grant application um, for CAC, the California Arts Council, we actually did have a technical uh, budget line for security, as well as for funding for our curators, artistic curators who are also the usually the lead volunteers who are there and I know your inspectors very well. Hi, thanks for coming in. Um, I'll give you credit, absolutely. You I was just wondering, can you kind of give me more idea on what kind of events you actually do? You said like a book reading, art exhibit, what are the other idea, uh, types of events that you did? Uh, experimental sound, um, music, bands, um, art shows, uh, improv nights, poetry readings, um, other gatherings like um, for workshops and skill shares. Okay. And do you ask people to RSVP in advance so um, that you can kind of keep track of the head count? We actually just, uh, we just reactivated our Eventbrite this past weekend and we had a um, like comic out loud, read aloud, and we did, um, the, it was really helpful to have the Eventbrite yeah, because that might help you determine when the, you can have a big search of crowd that will allow, that will require you to have a we did security. Have, yeah, and we did have the security just because we weren't sure, um, and because we do know that sometimes that certain crowds attract certain other crowds. Okay, so depending on the type of event, then you'll be able to determine if you're going to need security or if it's going to be more popular than others. Yeah, and there's always at least you know three volunteers who are trained who are on site. Yeah. And do you have like the, a person there who's going to be doing a clicker so you'll know how many, if your capacity yet or not? Are you going to have that kind of a yeah, the, mechanism? Yeah. And the space. Oh, 50, you said your capacity is 50, so that's not going to be a, a big. No, but our space isn't really set up for more than that. So it, it's kind of, 
you can't really have many more than that in for a show anyways. So it, it kind of um, restricts itself. And then certain, certain programs also like restrict the number of people just because they're not for everybody. And these events are for free or do uh, they charge? Uh, we ask a suggested donation if we have like touring bands, um, but it's no one's turned away for lack of funds. Touring bands? Sometimes. Okay, so yeah. they have like the amplification and the whole. We have ampli yeah, we have amplified, amplified live music. All right. Yeah. Sounds like a fun place. <laughs> you have a lot of great things going on. I mean, that's why I don't want to have it be like, here's your security guard and here's your bag check. I, I, people feel really safe being in our space, and I don't want that. I feel like a a security presence or a bag check or we've just never had any violence in our space before. <clears throat> Even this violence wasn't in our space, so. I don't. I think that would just be really discouraging to keep this age group that we've been nurturing that that likes us uh, around because they're going to go somewhere, and I think it's really special that they've chosen us. And so I just want to provide the right experience and not create this cumbersome kind of like security environment. But we're also able to address the compliance concerns at the same time. So. It's a tricky balance, but we feel completely capable to do it. If we all care, we can figure it out. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, and there's like 35 of us. So. So, so let me share a thought on a pathway at least I'm on. Um, Mr. Rennie, yet again, with his crystal ball, brought up the possibility of a security plan, which I was actually going to propose you voluntarily do. Yes. Um, I'm likely going to recommend that we continue tonight to allow us a chance to review the security plan, because I think at this point we've got the cart before the horse. I think if, and it also allows you the opportunity to control the narrative and lay out your security plan, then we can look at it, possibly through our staff, provide some feedback, and then subsequently, if the need arises, we can then address conditions. This is only me right now. I'm just sharing, and for those that, because I see a lot of people that want to talk tonight, um, if my colleagues agree, I, I think that's the logical step, just to share kind of where I'm heading at the moment. And we were shared that we were shared the security plan um, template, and we're aware of it. We've looked at it. We weren't required to fill it in, but we right. did. It, and but it was part. It's we're not against it. Well, I think it puts you in a good position. It, it shows initiative to your point that you've been saying from the beginning that you're concerned about this and you want to seek solutions. But it also affords you the opportunity to, to lay out a plan that you feel will work for your business model. It's still inviting, it's still welcoming, it's still fun, it's still creative, yet also protects the public. And accountable. And accountable. We want to be accountable. Thank you. That, that's a word yeah. I use a lot. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I missed that one. So anyway, that, that's the path I'm on at the moment. We'll see where it goes. Um, I just want to say I support that idea. I also do think the next time you guys come in, I'd like to learn a little bit more about your governance structure. Um, it's just I, I, I'm going to find ignorance over here. There's there's a co-op, and now there is a 501c3. So just getting a better understanding of how many people are on your board and who's actually who has fiduciary responsibilities. So thank you. Three out of four um, of those people that's okay. are here tonight. During the next time. <laughs> yeah. During the next time. If thank if you. we continue, um, which has just been an idea. Do you have other comments you'd like to? I mean, I, I, uh, I, I feel like I'm going in a slightly different uh, path than Lieutenant Falzon in that I feel like we could move forward with the staff recommendations. Yeah, so just as a point of process here strictly. So he brought up, he talked about putting the cart before the horse. 
he got a little ahead of, ahead of himself yeah. while we're still interviewing the, the speaking with the, <laughs> the permit holder. So that I, what I'd like to do, it's is, not my motion. Yeah, I'm just sure. No, no. What I'd like to do is actually just get public comment and have, and hear and then, from everybody. And then we can start okay. having the actual discussion, which is the way I've been, that we've done it tonight. Sometimes we do motions first and then public comment, it's, but tonight it's true. I figured so. Um, so if that can wait, yes, but okay. Um, any further questions? Um, I just really quickly, I think my fellow commissioners have said this over and over again, but I, I kind of think that's not everything, but some of what I heard tonight, uh, that ma it makes me feel that you think the opposite of us, of what we're actually here for. So <laughs> it's like literally the opposite. And because, so we're here, you know, twice a month, uh, for years, many of us, and many of us have been working this before, we have license holders um, with much, much, much trickier situations than yours on a daily basis, situations that are much more extreme, that are much, much more complicated. So um, we exist because the police did a, uh, the police maybe didn't do the best job of enforcing sound and nightlife and interaction with neighbors. <laughs> no, you're just taking your <laughs> and shots. So the voters put us into effect in order to actually, it was like a reallocation of a job that the police had done before. And we, we, this body was created in this department was to act as an intermediary between neighbors and nightlife establishments. But one of our main, two of our main, purposes. So one is that it's in our charter to support nightlife. It's literally, we're, I think we're maybe the only city department that both regulates something and is required by our charter to support it, right? Like the, the other places don't have that kind of dual regulation versus support. And we take that very seriously and we all work really hard on that. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, if you are hosting entertainment, that comes with responsibilities. Entertainment brings people, it brings issues that just simply you don't have if you have an iPad or a computer plugged in playing Spotify. And that's why we exist. And people say, well, what's a DJ is an entertainment or this or that. It, the fact is that when you host an event with live music, people behave differently. It attracts people and things happen. And we exist to make sure that there's safety in place while still supporting the businesses. So, you know, I've heard a lot of things from you that make me feel promising that we're going to have a good working conversation going forward with our staff and things. So I don't want to belabor that, but the, the most successful people that come to us with issues where they have neighbors that are upset, they have public leaders that are upset and things are really blowing out. The ones who really kind of work with us are the ones in my experience and, and kind of join with us and, and collaborate are the ones who are just who have, who just everything tends to work out for them. Not always, but tends to. And it's the ones who fight and push and say, well, this person said this and this and this, that almost always leads to more conditions and more animosity. And at the end of the day, we have your permit. And so, you know, I'm a business owner, you know, myself. So I just want to be really clear. I think maybe, I think you're almost there, but just maybe a little flipping of the, um, of the, the, how you view us, if it could just, if you could just see the, the way that's successful, the way that works as a collaboration, it actually is very effective. So, um, that said, I don't have any further questions. Does anybody else? 
All right, you can have a seat and we're gonna entertain public comment here. Yep. Um, thank you. <clears throat> um, so we'll start with people in person here. Uh, just you step forward and just, um, if you'd like to state your name, please do and speak into the microphone. Thank you. What up? Uh, my name is Javier Cervantes. Um, I'm an organizer and a member of Adobe uh, Co-op. Um, I've been a member for about a year, uh, and I also organize events there. The reason I'm stepping up and the reason I'm here to support this space is because um, I think also to focus on what Heather was saying, uh, we just feel like we were kind of targeted in the wrong way, and the incident that happened was not in relation to Adobe Books. Um, but for some reason or another, it was directed towards Adobe Books, and that I just want to make that clear. Um, but Adobe Books at large has been doing events for almost 20 years and has a lot of cultural influence in San Francisco and developing really critical relationships, especially the fact that it's in the Mission District now and on the Mission Quarter on 24th. There are a lot of communities that are based within Adobe Books of all relations. And I think that's extremely critical, especially right now after COVID. A lot of really, really dope places in the city were lost because of what happened in different ways. But Adobe Books is still here, and we're still doing positive things within the community and at large within San Francisco, and also building relationships worldwide with people of all types of colors and all types, you know, all types in general. And it's important that we keep these places here. And also, we want to work with you. We want to have a dialogue with you. That's the whole reason we are here as a government institution. So I think it's just in relation to that, that uh, it's important that our dialogue is coming from both ways. And we're here to listen to you. We want to do things in regard to security. The events don't necessarily become that large. It's only a few events that happen. And also because of the people that are on the mission quarter that come through. A lot of the times the things that happen, especially in relation to the taggings that occurred, those were people that had nothing to do with Adobe that had come by and they see the groups already there. But we're here to work with you. That's a weird mic. We're here to work with you to try to resolve this and to try to come together as a group and mitigate these issues because in all, we want this to be a positive experience, and we want to continue to support San Francisco culturally towards the future and in the arts and books at large. Um, in the past, we've done workshops that include poetry, uh, written word, art, and other things. I personally do, uh, I try to get musicians throughout the city to come together, and a lot of, a, a lot of us as a whole try to do that. And like I said, it, it, there, there's a long history with that, so uh, I'm done. Thank you. Hello, good evening. Um, <clears throat> my name is Carlos Sandoval. I um, am the curator of Adobe Books uh, for the Backroom Gallery, and I will say it's been 
pretty relieving to hear the support that we're having from you guys in terms of open communication. But I will say that I am a little traumatized from communicating with other people who have said that they've wanted to communicate and then they don't. But I, um, I just want to reiterate that we uh, were volunteers and we've been volunteering for a long time. I think I've been there for about two to three years and the work that we've been doing uh, collectively, uh, there's just so much potential. There's been so much um, positive, uh, just so many positive opportunities for all the artists that we've been hosting for the neighborhood. Um, I wish we weren't here for certain situations that have happened in the past, but um, uh, we are. And I, I'd like to just, I'm very happy that we're here as a collective and uh, we're and we're saying all these things that you guys agree with, um, but just in hopes of security plan, um, I think we are a safe place. I think we um, have been doing our best best to uh, regulate the community that, that do attend. I will say that we don't have parties. We have receptions. Um, these are artist receptions for local artists. They are attracting community their community and their intergenerational supporters. And it's not just youth, but it's our elders. And we would like to see more of our elders there because our elders have inspired us to get there in the, in the first place. And um, as a curator, I, I didn't know that Adobe had such a rich history with a lot of artists and community organizers that I look up to. And um, I don't believe in coincidence. so. Uh, I know that whatever violent situation that occurred, it's just, I think it's just keeping us on our toes and just making sure, you know, where we stand in the city. Um, and I, I think I just want to stop talking. So thank you. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Sienna Lemire. Uh, I've been volunteering with Adobe for almost five years. I believe this is my fifth year. Uh, I live in the neighborhood, and I am also one of the curators of the music and workshop section of Adobe Books. Um, I just wanted to come up and speak to show my support of everything that's been going on in the past year of program, especially since COVID, because I know a lot of things were lost during that time. And so it's been difficult trying to navigate the amount of support that we've gotten, um, because we are one of the remaining things that I know of that's like stayed throughout the entire COVID time. And we've been trying to listen to many different voices and different opinions on what's best and trying out new things um, in accordance to the neighborhood. And I know personally in what I'm curating, um, I've tried to take into account what our space is able to host and scaled back a lot of my things. And um, yeah, I guess I receive a lot of the outside um, calls, I guess, or applications where people reach out to us on what they want a program, so I'm trying to 
maintain a pretty diverse amount of programming um, in, in terms of like the non-music and uh, arts sorts of events there. So um, the one thing I guess I wanted to speak on is the first staff recommendation, which Heather was speaking on, uh, which is having a security guard on site um, for all the events. And um, I just feel like we don't, we're, we're working on getting more funding, which she was speaking on, um, to have that sort of security. And I'm hoping that like just us as volunteers can get trained to have these skills in order to um, be able to handle these situations ourselves. And so with that funding, I think we'll be able to get closer to that goal. And I know um, a lot of us on staff have been doing this a long time. I know I've been hosting events for almost 10 years now, and I've been running door, I do sound, and all kinds of things. So I hope that that shows the kind of a more variety of what we do here. And my time is probably up, so thank you. Thank you very much. My name is Matt Robideau. I've been volunteering at Adobe for five years. I'm the board president and one of the other curators of music programming. And Adobe has been a vital community space since 89, giving, and it's really unique in how it gives agency to all of its collective, often artist members to program the space autonomously across disciplines. And as one of the music curators and a musician and a K through 12 music teacher myself, I recognize the important role that Adobe plays in the Bay Area creative music scene as a place that privileges creativity and spontaneity over financial gain. It is a welcoming space for emergent modes of art practice that may or may not be commercially viable for other venues in the city. My shows happen about twice a year uh, sorry, twice monthly, feature three performers, a seated audience, and are over by 10, usually. Since I began booking in 2019, we featured dozens of artists from all over the world alongside Bay Area musicians. This is just one of many programs happening, as we're hearing in this public comment. Our inviting all-ages accessible storefront has introduced many who've passed by to new art forms maybe they wouldn't have experienced otherwise. Our all-volunteer collective members recognize the importance of maintaining Adobe for many years to come as a safe space, an active agent of the community, and have reassessed and implemented new, new policies in our new mission, coinciding with our new nonprofit status. And to keep the sidewalks clear and facilitate more well-attended public events, we've hired local security, as we've talked about, and made our collective a sober space. We have clear signage alerting attendees to these new policies as part of our new mission statement. And Adobe is a, is a vital neighborhood institution and the type of outreach and engagement it provides. And we're just getting started with what we hope to be a longer legacy of holding collective space and, and um, activating cutting edge accessible arts programming, 24th Street. Thank you.
Hello and thank you. My name is Andrew McKinley. I founded Adobe Books over 30 years ago, and I continued my association to this very day. I look forward to another 30 years if possible, but it is a cultural space. It was a, it's a bookstore, and the, the income from it is used to pay the rent and foster cultural activity. Um, there's heavily poetry, music, and art, and uh, they're important things to San Francisco. Our ability to entertain artists is, is critical at this point. It would never have lasted this long if there weren't artists and artistic people using the space. I, uh, we've moved to 24th Street, and it's been a very happy move. It's if, if we are causing concern to people, that's unfortunate. We need to engage in a dialogue with these people. Um, as a matter of safety, we've, I mean, we've had this ugly incident on Friday the 13th, but uh, it, it, the, the, the corner, if you'll study it, is famous for gang activity, uh, violent activity, shot well on 24th. Uh, the person who was a victim of this particular incident um, seemed to be a gang-type person, and he was not of the, uh, the crowd that Adobe fosters, um, but he intimidated he was intimidating, uh, and I, 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 I know tattoo parlors attract a bad element some of the time, and I, I, I'm upset that that happened. But we are taking, you know, steps to be safer, and I welcome the input of the board or the commission, and give us more guidance. Thank you. Okay. We do have some uh, Zoom public comments. So I'm going to go with the hands first, and then um, there are also there's also one written comment. So the first person is going to be uh, J S. One second. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, my name is James Sunquist. I moved to the Mission District in 2009 to work for the San Francisco Mime Troupe out of college as an intern for their summer show in um, San Francisco. And they encouraged me to go to the Mission and learn about local businesses in San Francisco, specifically Adobe Books. And through Adobe, I was connected with the uh, Mission Art Performance Project, which showcases local artists and it also connected me to Javier, who was the first public commentator, and the uh, Presida Eyes. And I think they've done a fantastic job of hosting local events in Adobe Books and in the Mission. And uh, all the events I've enjoyed Adobe Books, I felt like gave focus to the most beautiful aspects of the Mission, which is the local art scene and its uh, Latin heritage. And it's also been a great place for books and zines and poetry and local music. And I just want to be really clear that over the last decade, when I've been at Adobe Books, I have not encountered alcohol at the events personally. 
And I have never felt that the events I enjoyed were uncomfortable or too loud or breaking laws. And when live music was played, I didn't feel like I needed to wear earplugs or that the event was not suited to the bookstore. And I've also been at events with young children and with their parents and teenagers, and everyone has been genuinely happy at the events that I've attended. And they didn't feel that, because the earlier comment um, of the name of an event being really offensive, that's just not the events that I've attended. So over the years, I definitely remember violent assaults and robberies of my friends and roommates on 24th and 22nd and the mission over the last 10 years. But I also feel the neighborhoods become a lot safer between Cesar Chavez and Dubos. And uh, the Adobe Books itself, it's never been an issue to me to recommend or attend events there with my friends or my family. So I just wanted to comment because I want to say that I think it's very important that Adobe Books always respects their neighbors and that they keep sidewalks clear, always. But I also want to say that that's not been an issue at the events that I've attended. And I feel genuine empathy for any neighbors or people who feel concerned in regards to Adobe Books. And I just want to clarify that it's a very small location. It's a small bookstore. And it does not feel like a party inside. And uh, last month I attended an event. There was a dozen people. Donations were encouraged but not required. It was very low key. My girlfriend and I were there for about an hour. Um, there was no loitering outside and we just went home after a while with zero issues. And I hope it's possible for Adobe to continue hosting these kinds of events and encourage local participation and have neighbors also feeling safe and respected because that's how I felt at Adobe for events or as a patron. And uh, I really hope that there will be genuine admiration and respect for Adobe Books into the future as part of 24th and the Mission. Thank you. Thank you. The next person is uh, Prasant, I believe. One second. Okay, one, okay, he disappeared off the queue, so I'm gonna go to the next person, Floyd, one second. Go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you, can you hear me? Yep. Uh, let's see, can you hear me? Um, yes. Am, am I hearable? Yes, absolutely, we Shit. can hear you. Please uh, go on with your comment. In. Here we go. Uh, built in. Can you hear me, hello? <laughs> yes, we Hello? can hear you. You're you're running out of time, um, Floyd. Um, and I can I can I uh, please go forward can, with your uh, comment. Yes. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Come on. If someone can hear me, can they raise their hand? Because oh, great, wonderful. Oh my god. Can you hear sorry. us? I, I can't. Can you hear I'm us? Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, it's cool, man. Cool. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. great. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, um, you know, my name's uh, Floyd. You know, I'm I'm an underground cartoonist. You know, I grew up on a 24th in Alabama, you know, right down the street from Adobe. You know, I'm, I'm 22 years old, you know. My mom, you know, she's a community leader. You know, she taught at the elementary school. You know, I, I, I love Adobe Books. I think it's a real wonderful place. And, you know, I think it's important because, you know, the thing that sucks the most about all this, you know, we're all here because, you know, I'm here digitally. I wish I could be there in person, but, you know, um, yeah. But, you know, the thing that, uh, that sucks about all uh, all this is, you know, for people like myself, you know, it's just like we'd prefer to just sort of, you know, be under a rock, you know, and then you you crawl out like a, 
you know, a, a spider and then you go to Adobe Books or, or whatever, you know, it's just a place where you go, you know, you're uh, like an underground cartoonist like myself. And, um, you know, but, but the thing is, the problem is, you know, sometimes the things that we do are so wonderful. You know, we do wonderful things. You know, I had a show at Adobe Books you know, three years ago, you know, I've, I've been working with them for six years now since, you know, 2017, I was in high school, you know, and um, I, uh, the, 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 the thing that sucks the most, and I think everyone agrees is, you know, when there are cool things that are happening, they're wonderful things, they're beautiful, you know, uh, you know, some people who suck, you know, they come to the cool things, you know, and then they just, you know, they suck, you know, and then it makes it harder for people like myself, I'm just trying to draw my comics, you know, under, this the rock you know and then i come and you know but but the thing is none of that has to do with the environment that we're trying to create which is just you know uh a wonderful environment full of artist people who don't know you know the best way to fuse with the real world so that's just you know i i uh yeah so i don't know i i you know i hope everything works out you know i think that the the best intentions have been laid on the floor you know and um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I uh, you know, I just hope everything works out. You know, uh, God bless. You know, and uh, you know, thank you. I don't know if I'm over my time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did I say anything productive? Thanks. Okay, thank you. Okay, <laughs> and next is gonna be uh, Prasant. Hello, am I still here? <laughs> we got it. Um, so thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for um, putting me in the queue. Uh, so my name is Prashant, and I am a volunteer at Adobe Books, have been for the last year. And um, I echo everything that people have said about it being a wonderful community space, one that I'm still learning. Um, I also appreciate um, what Heather and other people have said in that, you know, we have such a wide variety of events and the piece around security and coming up with a security plan is important. So for example, I curate the literary events at Adobe Books and the second Monday of every month, if you come by, you will see um, our silent book club, right? Which is exactly as it sounds, like maybe five to 10 people quietly reading, silently reading in the bookstore. And an event like that is not necessar necess necessitating security. We like to think of ourselves as a rowdy bunch, but you know, we have many events that are literary events uh, and poetry events, and many of them have a small but very dedicated crowd. So I just really appreciate the fact that there's some openness to thinking about when we need security and when we do not, because I don't believe it's it's all of the time. A number of our events, we've also moved to the middle of the day on the weekend. And so the concerns, I think, around, um, you know, some things that might happen at night, you know, we are trying to mitigate that by actually moving some of our events to times where we think there might be less concerned. So that's all I wanted to share. Thank you for um, listening to us as a community. And uh, we are here to, to hear you as well. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Uh, and the next person is a phone number ending in 9300. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, how are you today? Hi, good. Um, you can start your public comment. Hi, thank you for having this meeting. I just, my comment is very limited. I think that any uh, help that we can get from the commission to meet with the neighbors, to have a meaningful 
uh, mediation with maybe some of the legislative aides from Supervisor Ronan's office um, to sit down. Because this, like I say, here you want to submit a security plan for based on an event that has nothing to do with the store. And then the three noise complaints were very minor and rectified at the time. So we just don't want to, we want, I think it's best to head it off at the pass. Instead of having angry neighbors who are calling in for noise complaints or trying to limit what Adobe does, that Adobe can submit its own plan. It's premature to take a vote at this juncture. And the best course would be to engage in a mediation first and put the plan into effect revisit this in three to five months before a vote is taken. And that's the only comment I would make. Thank you for your time. Great. Thank you. Um, and there's one written comment in the chat, so I will read that now. This is from... Uh, Deji, I think. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. As a young person from San Francisco, Adobe Books has been a second home since 17. Adobe has been the most welcoming, safe, and positive environment I could have ever asked for. When other places in the city seemed intimidating, Adobe offered a welcoming hand and a supportive community. Uh... And then I do actually have another person here, Michael. Michael said, hello, I am someone who frequently visits art shows at Adobe Books. It is, it's a very uh, important place to the growth of the art community in San Francisco and Bay Area. I believe the shows are about building community and they do a fantastic a fantastic job at that. I think it's very easy to tell what types of shows need security. Some events are way below capacity and they definitely don't need security for those types of events. I've always felt very safe at Adobe shows because there are always volunteers present and people in the community to support the safety of everyone that is present. If there's heavy security for events, I feel like it would create a more tense environment. I believe that Adobe is doing a great job running the space at it as it is, and I think it's a very show and that the only people showing up to this event are people at the Adobe space and not the neighbors who are complaining. <clears throat> um, that's it for public comment um, on Zoom. Oh, sorry. Sorry, one, one more person and then I think that's it on Zoom. One second. Uh, Kanaye, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. You're good to speak. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, great. So, uh, yeah, my name is Shanae. I've been a member of Adobe Books and a regular volunteer for about a year now. I have a weekly shift at the front desk and also work events occasionally. And I would just like to express my, in general, my support and appreciation for Adobe Books and also just like echo and reemphasize the fact that um, I've, like what I've witnessed personally and been a part of in terms of the amount of sincere effort and attention and optimism and concern that um, I've seen regularly expressed and acted upon by members of Adobe as we try um, really our best to be accountable and to make changes and improvements in the ways that we run our events. 
um, the ways that we offer care and consideration to our neighbors, um, and in the ways that we build community, all while taking like very seriously what is required of us by the city. And from our co-op meetings to our Slack conversations, to one-on-one -on -one conversations amongst members and our planning efforts, all of that is very true. And yeah, I suppose I just want to say that um, what many of us have already said that we're here and um, appreciative of your support and efforts. And I hope that all of you will continue to support us and the collective and also be patient and take into consideration all of the different moving um, components and um, actors involved um, in the situation and also sometimes just our limitation as far as um, as far as like what we're actually able to control in terms of what goes on on the streets of 24th. We are doing our best. We don't underestimate our ability to do better, but I think any business is going to have a certain amount of limitations when it comes to um, things that happen on the streets. Um, even the city is not able to uh, control, you know, undesirable events or violent events or things like that. And even more so, we're also limited, but we are really doing our best. And yeah, we're happy to collaborate and continue doing what we can to be accountable and to improve. Okay, great. Thank you. And there's one more commenter that was added. Uh, Buck, um, go go ahead. You should you should be able to go. Yes, thank you. I I, I uh, have been a mission resident since 1988, so just a tiny bit longer than Adobe. And uh, I'm a patron uh, since 1989 when Adobe started on 16th street and as a patron <clears throat> pardon me i'd just like to uh really beg the commission not to enforce any sort of requirements for security for typical events at adobe i i really feel for the last uh, 34 years, much safer at Adobe than I do at virtually any other business in the mission. And uh, I would find it oppressive uh, to be faced with security when I'm basically feel like uh, normally like I'm going over to my friend's house uh, when I go to Adobe for all these years. And um, I, I feel like uh, I, I hope that I can say that as a long-term San Francisco resident, uh, business owner in the mission, um, and someone who's loved the mission uh, and found their new family and their new home uh, since leaving the East Coast and, and coming here. And I feel like the, uh, the prospect of being met with a wonderful nice security guard uh every time i want to go to adobe books uh would really really dampen uh the feelings that i have for that business thank you thank you uh and there are no more new public comments all right i'm gonna go ahead and close public comment discussion 
So we heard one uh, from Commissioner Falzon uh, about the lack of a security plan so far. So that's on the table. But I know, Commissioner Thomas, you wanted to add your comments as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like um, the permit holder is already doing a number of things in the staff recommendations in terms of um, not having in and outs, and they've already posted signs, uh, and they've already hired a security guard. So I feel in a conversation, they were fine with the various staff recommendations with an amendment for number one around the security guard in terms of which types of events. Um, I fully agree with the, I hear and understand the comments around a security guard is not needed for every single event. Um, and I agree that it doesn't make sense necessarily to require them to have a security guard for every event. Uh, and I'm willing to, I mean, I think my suggestion would be that we trust them to identify which events require security and try that out. Um, because I don't, I think it's overkill to require a security guard for every event. Um, but I do want there to be a security guard for the, the larger events or the ones that are more inclined to sort of spill people out onto the sidewalk. And I, um, I do, I feel like the security guard is more about what happens outside than what happens inside. Right. So the security guard is not about, you know, like, yes, people feel very safe inside. It's about mostly managing crowd control outside and on the sidewalk, um, at making sure there's no alcohol, just sort of keeping people moving, that sort of thing. Um, and then I also, uh, I agree with Commissioner Falzon about the security plan. I do think it would be a good idea to move forward with the security plan, submit it to Entertainment Commission staff for review, and if necessary, come back in front of this council, but I'm also confident in the um, Entertainment Commission staff's ability to review a security plan. Um, although Maggie is making a face that me. Yeah, um, I think we do. I think the problem is that we're limited because they don't have a condition saying that they have to abide by a commission approved security plan. So any security plan they submit, if we don't uh, require a follow up hearing to review that, um, would not be a condition of the permit. So if they were out of compliance with that, um, there would be no recourse for that. So just wanted to point that out. Got it. So it sounds like if we move forward with the staff recommendations now and require them to submit a security plan that is reviewed at a future hearing. Um, that could be, um, but that would essentially be very similar, I think, to what Commissioner Falzon is proposing, just because if we were to review it at a future hearing, it would potentially be coming up as another hearing of a discussion and possible action to amend their permit conditions to then make them have a condition of their permit around complying with that commission approved security plan. <laughs> I, so, yeah. I just, I'm sort of feeling like I want to move ahead with um, adding the staff recommendations now, given that, that they are, that we're all in alignment about most of the staff recommendations and moving forward with having that sort of, um, documented and that we all agree on this because I feel like that is part of the then if you know if neighbors are concerned we can say look we've already we've all agreed on this and we're under you know putting these into place mm. so that's my sort of desire to move forward 
Just for a clarifying point, for condition number one um, in the staff recommendations, were you wanting to eliminate that one completely or to refine it further in terms of what types of events? Because I think we had proposed security at any entertainment event, meaning codified as um, how we define entertainment. And just for clarity's sake, that would rule out any type of you know event that has um, a single unamplified performer. So like any kind of poetry recitation or anything where you know, uh, folks at Adobe were concerned having security in that kind of situation. We understand that. I think we were, again, hoping that they would have security for their events where they have bands and DJs, essentially. So, And that does sound like that's consistent <clears throat> with... Yeah, so you might even want to further... If you wanted to do that, you could potentially further revise it in that way, but it sounds as though Adobe Books may have thoughts on that or how they would refine. I, I think it's bare saying, too, because it's a co-op model, correct me if I'm wrong, then, then members of the co-op can participate in the capacity of employees as volunteers without being paid. And I don't, I don't see any reason why members of the co-op couldn't get guard cards. Yeah, we, we are also open to that. Definitely. I totally agree. That was Dory's idea, by the way. I just want to But I think credit. it lends they to the creativity. I think it's yeah. how you describe security guard. Yeah, so but that, was, that would, you know, for, 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 the, for the argument, which I'm very sympathetic to about the expense of security, it's yeah. just ridiculously expensive. It also, <laughs> like, security guard does not necessarily mean a giant person with a black jacket on that says security on it yeah. checking bags, right? Like, that's not. Well, it would be amending the condition, not readily identifiable. But yeah, I agree with you. Well, they still could be identifiable, but you know, what I mean, it doesn't it, have to be like what you think of when you think like we've right. But I think we're speaking to the training component. Yeah, that's that's what they could leverage. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, some training and de-escalation and exactly and, and mm. getting a sense of things, maybe and, and having somebody who's dedicated to that 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 night right like mm -hmm. knowing that which where's the person who's the dedicated security this evening because that it's funny because that's that's the of all of these other than making sure the sidewalk is is clear which is clearly very very important uh responsibility that we all have to do as business owners in san francisco and it's not fair but you have to do it um the um the the security portion is actually really important right so we just need to figure out how to thread that needle somehow it sounds like there's some consensus here that we all agree they should be able to exercise discretion on events like a poetry reading or an art show. I'm not sure those even yeah, fall. Yeah, those wouldn't even fall under here. Just but where there is point. live entertainment in the form of a, a live musical performance or DJ that um, a security guard is appropriate, especially given the rising number of complaints and, and violations we've seen. Um, and then it sounds like with the other uh, recommendations that those are feasible. A lot of them are already being implemented. And maybe for a seventh, we could add and a security plan that's approved by staff. And that way, we don't have to revisit it at a future meeting if it checks the boxes. Is that? Something? I, I, would I don't think that would no, go with that. It's like wishing so, for let, more let me wishes. Make a, <laughs> if I can make a couple comments, <laughs> I, I I do want to respond to Commissioner Thomas because she made some great observations. But one, I do want to clarify. My interest in the security plan was never that I didn't trust the staff to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. What I'm interested in is the context, and I think there's a lot of good that's coming out of tonight because. What we're hearing is pretty much everything on this list, for the most part, in totality, is already in play. So 
I don't think we're at risk of being in harm's way. What, what I'm just trying to suggest is to further this, this relationship of collaboration. I, I personally think it'd be more helpful if we saw their proposed business model first, and then we could then focus in on conditions because at a minimum to the executive director's point, one condition is going to be that we bound them to their security plan. Mm -hmm. That may end up being the only condition once we see their document is what I'm trying to message. Mm. Um, And I want to reiterate, because I'm not sure it was made clear what the president and the vice president were alluding to. Security guard is all about optics to his point. And I think people are thinking of the person in the black jacket and it's undesirable and it's a turn off Mm -hmm. and it intimidates people from coming in. What he's really saying is your staff can all get guard cards. And now not only have they picked up a wealth of knowledge, it's not difficult, by the way. You can do it online. You can do it online. It's not expensive. Perhaps the co-op could sponsor the costs. I don't, I don't know. But um, that would get us a long way down the path of illustrating a commitment. And the other thing I just want to comment, because the president made it very clear, and it just seemed like a lot of the public comment kept going back to this. I don't believe anyone on this panel has questioned the existence of this business or of the entire enterprise. That's not at at stake here or at risk. I I think what we're trying to do is work together because it's a unique model, but to the president's point, we have sliced some very difficult tasks over the years that that are way more complex. And just, I can't express enough uh, the, the challenges that this group has faced and committed a great deal of effort here and offsite to finding solutions. Um, so again, respectful to my colleague, um, my motion would be that we continue this, allow uh, the co-op to work on their security plan. Uh, their counselor has a wealth of experience in, in this arena, and I have no doubt they'll come back with a solid product. And at the same time, they can be collaborating with staff offline and then when it comes back to us, we could go from there. But so a couple of things. First of all, we know the product. It's going to be Rennie's boilerplate security plan. That he's <laughs> all of us. Then we have, to work, we have to work with that, well, like Michelangelo. Get that off the, the internet. We have to like Michelangelo with a sculpture uh, to pare it down of the marble. But um, the, the reason I'm, I am, am, am in agreement with, with Commissioner Valzon is I actually don't like conditions. I think they, I think they do actually open you up to to conflicts of interest and well nitpicky things and i actually like would prefer not to put a lot of conditions on anyone's license until it's clear that there are no other options so if if we could say look we're going to call you back in not five to six months yeah (laughs) unfortunately sorry to the caller but uh in a in a short period of time it's not doesn't take long and maybe at to to commissioner valzon's point the only condition is you follow by this security plan that you have that then you can share with others and they, they know what it is. So that that's kind of why I like it rather than just going toward conditions. Did you have something to say? Yeah, I will also say that it does make it a little bit more nimble in future too. If they have a security plan they're supposed to comply with, that does give us the ability to issue a director's order uh, for them to comply with a revised security plan if needed, only if there's do cause for that in the instance of um, further issues. 
Can I? Oh, that's good. Yeah, please. It seems to me like the word security guard feels heavy or, you know, for this particular organization. You know, I have a nonprofit that I work with as well, and we had to, we're all volunteers, and we kind of name our security guards public safety, just so that it sounds softer. And then also sometimes, once you give volunteers the term security guard, you feel like, they're like gonna yeah. do something, right? Yeah. So sometimes it's semantic. So maybe just for the purpose of them, they call them public safety, but we're calling security guard because that's the, the word that we use. Um, so, and then I just kind of want to recommend that in here it says identifiable security guard that they actually are wearing something that they're identified as the public safety volunteers. Yeah, I didn't mean they should blend in perfectly. I just meant it might not be the archetype that you think of when you, you know, some inhospitable person right. checking things and being mean to people when they come in the door. And, and so, um, like a club, you know, some club yeah. security is, has a like different that's attitude. Than, thinking yeah, security yeah. guard is that, but it doesn't have to be that. It's just, it's like talking about the police. <laughs> no comment. I got to take the shots. No myself. comment. No comment. No if comment. the president does food, I got to beat no him. No comment. No comment. Um, so no, you made him. <laughs> whoops. You run out. <laughs> it's not on the public record, I don't think. Uh, except it was at a hearing. Except what we just. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, two motions. Actually. So we have two motions. Do you still want to keep yours going, or do you have any thought change of thoughts, or? No, I like the. I like where this is going with the ask them to develop a security plan and come back a great dialogue seriously i think it illustrates quite frankly i don't know where this rumor started that we're not supporting business as i'm actually at a loss tonight that's the bizarrest part of this whole evening is that somebody filled your heads that we were out to get you and that we don't support small business and this is coming from the cop on the committee uh or commission i should say all right. So, uh, did you, you did so, you make the motion? Me, so, yeah. my motion is that we continue this uh, to the call the chair, I believe, and allow the uh, applicants to work with the staff to create a uh, security plan. Seconded. Do you want to identify when that would be March seventh, or do you want to provide further time? Let's do the next one after that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so March twenty first. Yes. Okay. March 7th is going to be here so fast. Yeah, and I would just, you know, I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with co-ops and co-op structures, and I think there's a lot of freedom to think creatively about how security fits into your co-op model and what kind of training and, you know, there's a lot of de-escalation training, for example, that's available out there. Uh, make this work for your business model and the culture of Adobe Books, right? You don't, uh, I mean, I hope that's what you're hearing from us up here. Um, and again, that this is, much of this is focused on what happens outside of the building and, and not inside the building um, so that we can keep everyone safe. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a motion and a second. We can vote. We do. We have to vote, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Said we have a second. We can vote. Ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, President Blyman. No. I'm Aye. Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. All right. Continued to March 21st. Okay. All right. Moving along, we'll get to the last item number, which is number eight, commissioner's comments and questions. What do we got? 
join Mayor London Breed and uh, State Tax Con Controller Malia Cohen and uh, Supervisor, oh my God, Shimon Walton for tomorrow night's Black History Month celebration. It's called Homecoming and it's going to be a festive evening, so we hope you all join us. I am about to go see some of San Francisco's nightlife and see the band Commando at Bottom of the Hill. If Sweet. someone wants to go with me as part of Noise Pop. I went to Dory's boyfriend's birthday party this weekend. Right now. It was the best music I've seen in years. It's close. It's not quite right. People played with Prince and Sly and the Family Stone. Just unbelievable. All right. Any public comment on our last agenda item? No comments on this item. All right. We'll close public comment. We'll adjourn the meeting at 8.12 p.m. Thank you. Oof.